I guess we're hijacking both channels, and we're just going to call this whatever we want to call it. I, it could be a nerdy best of the nerdy of the rest. Nerdy best of the non fungible tokens. Yes, best of the nerdy to- tokens. <laughs> oh, ooh, we should start nerdy coin. Nerdy coin. All right. Nerdy coin. We'll we'll start podcasting that every week, and then trail off to every two weeks, and then once every six months. There you go. There you go. And uh, uh, and our our unit of measure will be the rainbow unicorn. Yeah. Well, that's Uniswap. I think that's already taken. Oh, that's right. Uniswap does have that. Okay. Well, never mind. And if there are those of you that don't know what Uniswap is, you'll find out. <laughs> you will find out. All right. Uh, so we don't have any viewers yet, but I'm going to assume people will be listening to this later. Yes. So I guess we ought to get started. So we want to talk about NFTs, cryptocurrency, digital assets, and how it all ties together and what that means for collecting and, more importantly, probably comics. Yes. Yeah, I have some thoughts, man. This has come up uh, a lot in the past couple of weeks. Well, I mean, that's interesting because it seems like NFTs just took off like six weeks ago, six or seven, eight weeks ago. And I've known about them ever since, and I've been uh, or before then, but I've been playing with them. But right now, it's just out of control, which kind of makes me not want to do anything right now because it's just crazy. Um, do you own any NFTs? I tried to get an NFT last week. My first NFT, I tried to get the Matt Kent Mind Management. Oh, uh, yeah. And I took it up to a certain point that I was just unwilling to spend anymore because that hit my uncomfortable, like, how do I really feel about NFTs? Yeah. Um, I could have got it. If I really wanted it, I could have, you know, you know, just swung it out there and took it. But, and maybe I should, but, you know, and I'm hoping part of this conversation, because I have some philosophical discussions and maybe between the both of us, we can come to some, a better understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, what did it end up selling for? Do you know? At the time, about two points. I think it was two point six Ethereum, and Ethereum okay. at the time was about eighteen hundred. Uh, it was right around five grand, basically. Yeah, five grand. It was a little over five grand because you got rounding errors and. And that was the other thing that I found out going after these NFTs is how you can purchase them. Mm-hmm. So this was on OpenSea. And apparently you got a lot of you got to buy stuff on OpenSea with wrapped ether. Yes. So I couldn't just I couldn't just use my Ethereum. I had to transfer my Ethereum to my wallet connected yeah. to OpenSea, then convert it to wrapped Ethereum. So it cost me Ethereum to get it to this wallet. Then it cost me money to wrap this Ethereum. Yeah. And it's sitting there now. And now I'm debating whether or not is Ethereum is wrapped Ethereum essentially Ethereum. So I can leave it wrapped or since Ethereum is now going, cause Ethereum is a little over two grand now. If I want to convert it back to Ethereum to ride that, then is it going to cost me more to convert it back now since Ethereum's gone up in price? We, we can talk about it at the end because, uh, I just bought some Ethereum and I staked it for the, uh, the 2.0 upgrade, even though that won't be for a little while. Cause for 7.5%? Yep. 7.5%. So, I saw that earlier this week and I was talking to the wife. It's like, hmm, we could lock up the Ethereum for 7.5. Then she goes, yeah, but then you can't get rid of it when it goes up in price. And I'm like, well, I haven't done that since I've owned it for the past three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the end. Let's let's start off talking about what the hell an NFT is because uh, we're already getting super nerdy. And I think people are still confused. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I know that uh, there's been some chiming in. 
you know, we know a few big collectors. Um, I'm glad that you're into it as a comic collector. And I'm glad that the one is into it. Thanks to you. Uh, but there's a, another couple of other big guys like, uh, you know, Mike and, and Rob, for example, they, mm-hmm. they've chopped in when I talk about NFTs a bit. Uh, and they, they don't get it at all. Uh, cause they're, they're purely physical guys and, and NFTs are just digital assets. So why the hell would you want to spend five grand on an NFT? So give me like your, your basic definition of an NFT. Okay. Well, I'm a physical guy too, as you can see behind me. Yes. I love my physical comics. Yes. So an NFT is a non fungible token. And for people that are, Hearing that for the first time, fungible just means you can, it's, you got equal, I don't want to say value, and maybe it is value, but you have equal opportunity for exchange. Like if you give somebody a dollar and they give you a dollar, that's fungible because you, there's nothing really different between the dollars. Non-fungible makes it unique. And so a non-fungible item is like you give somebody a gold bar for a diamond. Mm -hmm. Right. So a token, which then gets into the crypto. So crypto assets, crypto numbers, however you want to think of it, is defined as a token. So a non-fungible token is like a unique token, which is basically, I don't know if it's a, you know, a SASH code or whatever, but it's like, you know, 26 alphanumeric or 38 or whatever it is. I mean, it's a unique digital combination that in a piece of code that's tied it could be to something physical or unphysical. Yes. And since it's, and then it has to be tied to a blockchain of some sort, which you can think of a blockchain as like public ledger. I think that's what confuses people because all yep. a blockchain is, is a public ledger and it means anybody can see it. So, and it's on, it's networked out on all these computers. So somebody can't get all the computers and change the code or somebody can't hack it. It's out there for everybody to see the transactions. So if you've got a, if you've got a unique code out there, that and you can see the tra- everybody can see the transactions. Then you have all these independent ways of confirming who owns technically that code and whatever that code is tied to. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that got a little too technical. So I'll I'll explain it in a very non-technical way. So to me, an NFT is basically like um, I, I don't even know if they still do these, but they used to do them all the time in the '90s with comics. Uh, a certificate of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or like if you go to go collect and, uh, is it go collect, whichever, like the, the CGC census and you can see like the, the sales and purchases of various grades of comics. Uh, so the NFT is basically like a certificate of authenticity for the digital asset that you have, but it assigns ownership. Yes. It assigns but- ownership tied directly to your specific wallet address. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. And that's, you know, that's the way I think, I guess that's how it goes just beyond a certificate of authenticity. It it authenticates the ownership. Yes. And I would say it, it authenticates the ownership better than a piece of paper does Mm -hmm. Uh, because you can fake the piece of paper. uh, You can steal somebody's piece of paper and now technically you own it and it's your ownership. Uh, but with an NFT, you can't do that, right? I mean, I guess technically you can hack into someone's wallet somehow if you had the, the technical wherewithal to do that. Um, but I don't know. Chances, that's, supposed to be, that's supposed to be pretty tough. You got like Yeah, the, 12... the chances of doing that compared to like taking someone's certificate are, are pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, it's it's a better form of authenticity than a piece of paper. 
anybody, like you said, anybody can look at it. So anybody can go on the ledger and see the transactions so that, you know, you can directly prove that you own that thing. Uh, and I think, I think it has a lot of potential for a lot of things. I think here's the, here's the problem that I see with NFTs right now. Um, all the NFTs you're seeing, well, a lot of them that you're seeing, mm-hmm. uh, on like OpenSea and some of the other new exchanges. What's the one that Mark Cuban just put out? Like, uh, easy.com or something. I don't know. Uh, it's got some dumb name, but no, I haven't uh, seen that. Yeah. He's, he's got a new marketplace for NFTs coming out. Um, most of what you see on, on these markets are basically like GIFs, right? And so mm-hmm. I think for, for guys that are used to dealing in physical goods like comics or trading cards, um, don't kind of get what the hell the point is. And it, I think it doesn't help when all the news that you see is like, you know, Beeple sold you know, 5,000 GIFs for $69 million. Like, <laughs> who gives a shit, right? Uh, which I totally get, but see, part of the problem is there's so so much jargon and so much technology involved that most people don't give a shit to research the stuff, right? Oh, now you have to put an explicit tag on this. Um, mm-hmm. They don't they don't care to look into it, and so it just seems like a stupid play. Um, you know, right before we started, I was tweeting about this, and, and Aaron chimed in. Uh, and was talking about the price of NFTs and how a bunch of them have lost like 70% value. Um, you know, to me, that's to be expected, right? Something oh, that's hot, as it can go to zero for sure. Uh, something gets hot, everybody wants to get in on it, it, price goes up. When the demand drops down, the price goes down, right? Um, or, you know, the other way, if the supply is too high and there's not enough demand, the value is going to go down. So I, I think. Right now is probably not the best time to be buying an NFT, uh, but I think in a couple of years down the line, those kind of things will be a little more prevalent because the market will kind of correct itself. Well, but then you gotta uh, look at the va- what's what's the collector value of the NFT. So to go back to the the Matt Kent one, right? It went for two point six Ethereum. So we said it went for five grand. That was five grand at the time of what Ethereum was worth. Um, the, so it was about $1,800 an Ethereum, right? I didn't pay, I didn't pay that for the Ethereum I've got. Sure. I, I paid, I paid that for some of my Ethereum, but not all of my Ethereum. Yeah. Most of my Ethereum I paid $10 each for. Very nice. So, so if I'd, if I'd have took that up to three, three Ethereum, Technically, I would be valuing – I paid $30 for that. Right. And see, that's the thing that some people don't understand is the interchange uh, because they're just used to dealing in dollars. Um, so <laughs> I've spent the last week trying to recover uh, a Bitcoin wallet, <laughs> uh, and I finally got in it yesterday uh, because I bought some Bitcoin when it was like 1200 bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could have bought Bitcoin at a dollar, you know, years ago. Yep. And I was, I was like, playing with, I played with Bitcoin when it was five. Five bucks. See? Yeah. And I bought a tenth of a Bitcoin when it was a hundred. And then I sold it for when it was a thousand and thought I was ahead. Well, that's like when, when it was before it got hot and people were buying like pizzas, right? Like a mm-hmm. thousand Bitcoin for a pizza. Yep. Uh, Hi, day. Now, now whoever owns that pizza or whoever sold that pizza is a millionaire, right? Because they, they sold it for a thousand Bitcoin. Uh, but so I was playing around with it a little bit when, uh, 
when it was 1200 bucks, I bought some. And this was years ago. And, uh, you know, now when, when it got hot, when it went to like 61,000 uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, man, I need to get in this damn wallet. <laughs> um, and so it took me like a week to get through, but I finally got it because it was on Coinbase. So I just had to go through the whole process with Coinbase. And, uh, and finally I got in there yesterday. And that's why I sent you that tweet where I diversified my portfolio because mm-hmm. I took a lot of that Bitcoin and just bought other coins with it. Yeah, but that uh, was well, but every time you did that was a taxable event. Sh- yes, that's true. That's true. But I did put a good chunk of it into coin that is earning interest. So, you know, I'm not worried about it. Uh we'll we'll see what happens after. Yeah, I'm actually seriously thinking about that because you know, interest rates and any of the banks or anything like that is crap. I, I was talking to my mom and she was having to move a CD and it was, she was telling me, it's like, well, yeah, last year the CD ended and I made 55 cents on it and I'm going to move it over to this other one where I made 90 cents and I'm just sitting there. Okay, mm-hmm. that's growing. Mm. That's yeah, like, we, like a tenth of a percent. Let, let's come back to that too because I've, I've been switching my accounts to uh, like fintech banks. Mm-hmm. Um. So I've got a, I've got a couple savings accounts that are earning like 3% to 4.5%. Um, and they seem to be working really well, actually. So we'll, yeah. we'll get to that at the end when we talk about kind of the, the portfolios. Yep. Uh, I'm curious to know what, what you're investing in. Um, but, but back to the NFTs, you know, the price is going to go down, right? Uh, mm-hmm. not, not everyone's going to be a people and sell, sell something for tens of millions of dollars. Um, but it's all in, like how you structure your your investment and your purchase. Uh, I think I think this is a lot of value for guys that are collecting physical comics. Uh, now I don't, right? There's very few comics that I still purchase physically. But you know, judging by the boxes behind you, you still do a lot of physical comics. Um, to me, it becomes more interesting as a guy that deals in digital comics to deal with NFTs and crypto. Because I think there's a really interesting angle that somebody could figure out. I mean, I've got some ideas, but I don't have time for this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but I think there's a really interesting angle in bringing some of the aspect of comic collecting into comicsology, for example, let's say. Okay, since they're the, the biggest digital market for comics. Um, now... That might not mean much for a lot of people now, right? Because the, the comicsology market is, is fairly small compared to physical comics still. But I mean, even physical comics is not a huge market, right? You have a lot of people that are like really into collecting and investing in comics. Uh, but I would say for the most part, people just want to read the comics, right? They don't give a crap. Uh, once, once those collectors, I think, start realizing the value of adding like a new asset class to their collecting portfolio uh, will be really interesting because, you know, we had this in the nineties with trading cards, mm-hmm. right? Co- comics weren't doing anything. Cards were hot. Everyone was buying cards and then the card market crashed and hasn't ever recovered really. Um, well, now, it, with, it's, I think it's recovered in this past year. You think so? I, know I haven't so. checked the trading card, so I don't know. There's like, there's people lining up for hours outside Targets and Walmarts for when the guy's restocking, and they're buying $20 boxes and resell them on eBay for 140 bucks. No kidding. Cards are going nuts. You thought no comics kidding. was going nuts right now. Sports cards and any other cards are going. The Okay, 
I know we're getting off track, but do you remember in about 1990, 1991, the Marvel comic cards? Yep. The whatever. Some of those graded as a 10 are going for hundreds of dollars. Are you serious? I am serious. So continue talking and continue talking and I will demonstrate to you. Yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead. So, so, so for comic, for comic collector, but, you know, there's virtually no difference between a comic collector and a stock investor. Okay. It's just a different asset class that they're using for their investments. Um, now I'm sure like you, there are folks that have, uh, you know, investments in multiple asset classes like comics and cards and crypto and stock. IRAs and whatever else. Um, some guys just do it purely on the comic side, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, maybe they don't have money to in, like actually invest, uh, and they just flip comics. That's fine too. Uh, it's still an asset class that you can make money off of. Uh, you know, the one difference being that there's no tax implications for flipping comics. Uh, and uh, there are. Yeah. The, well, right? yeah. If you, if you don't want to, it depends if you're doing an eBay or not. If you reach a certain amount on eBay. Yes. Then you'll get a 1099K? I forget. See, I've never sold that much on eBay, so I have no idea, right? I mean, I'm sure if you go over a certain amount, uh, I don't know what the amount might be. Um, I know, like, for example, uh, what is it, like Patreon? You've got to do, like, at least – it's like a couple thousand a year uh, before you go into the 1099 territory. Dang, mm-hmm. 16 grand? So, like, this one right here. So here is a base set of these Marvel cards and 10 times the Stan- Stanley and they're wanting uh, 20 grand for them. That's crazy. And then let me just see, like here's a 2007 Marvel Masterpiece number 17 Carnage foil card, Rare Venom Spider-Man, 10 grand. Man, Marvel's- I should have saved all my foil cards. <laughs> what, you haven't? You call no. yourself a comic fan. <laughs> oh. No, yeah, these are going nuts. I'm trying to go, where's the filter for what actually? So that's what the offers are. So where's um actual the filter for sold? Uh, It's somewhere at the bottom. Man, well, I got to put it at the bottom. Right there. You just, no, you just passed it. So. So uh, now I need to look. I do have a couple of my wizard cards still. Maybe I should check the price on those. Oh, those are getting actually really popular now. Really? The wizard stuff. Yes. Mm. See, there's this whole uh, cultural thing. Um, so my, my kids are almost 18 and almost 11. And they're like super, super, super into like 80s and 90s culture. Mm-hmm. Um. There's this like weird nostalgic play because I mean this is probably a topic for for a whole different show, but this is thing where like in in a digital age like you know these kids are growing up in yep um, they don't really have a culture of their own they just appropriate other elements mm-hmm. uh, into whatever they're doing and so this is like really big nostalgic element with with that generation. Uh, and probably even like the younger side of my generation. Um, so I'm a millennial, but I was, I'd be like the first millennial, right? 81. Yeah. You're the, the outskirts of Gen X. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm somewhere so, in between. Yeah. But so um, anyway, like right here. So this 1977 Wonder Bread Star Wars one, Luke Skywalker, five grand bids. 1975 Tops Marvel comic book here, a sealed box, five grand. Mm. 
Here's the ones like right here. 1990 Marvel Universe Wolverine Holy Grail set from that. Just these four cards. They took the best offer for five grand. Where's the actual Marvel? Where they, uh, it actually, yeah, like this, just a Stan Lee car from that 1990 Marvel Universe set has been going. Now it all depends on the grade of the card. You know, it's gotta be centered. Here you go. This, this is a card from that set. It's just a cover of Hulk 181. It's a 10, PSA 10, so it's perfect centering, perfect card. 46 bids, 3,200. See, so this is what I mean. So I, I understand people being weary of NFTs, but what is the difference? Like, it, it's just a matter of how much you're valuing that particular thing, right? Whether it's a physical thing or a digital thing, I don't think really matters, right? Like, if I, I had known in 1990 that, you know, this Hulk cover would be worth three grand in, in 30 years, I would have bought a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. But they were just like, a, a commodity, right? They meant nothing. It's just like a cool thing to have, maybe. Well, they weren't worth the cardboard they were printed on for the past 30 years until recently. For sure. For sure. And, and it was the same thing with comics, right? People forget this. Um, because, you know, you could have bought a, a, a Tech 27 for like a couple grand up until maybe 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, I think Action Comics 1 in the 70s was going for like four or 500 bucks. Yeah. So... You know, the same thing is true of comics. Uh, now, obviously, like, you know, the, the more the asset ages in terms of comics, the more it's worth because it becomes rarer. Uh, but that's the same thing for any kind of crypto as well, right? Including NFTs. Um, that's where you get into the whole aspect of, uh, you know, coins that have a, a cap on how many coins that get minted, uh, and, and those that don't. And that was the problem with Ethereum. But you know why it's been going up lately? Well, there's many reasons, but tell me. Well, it's the proof of stake part is part of it. But until I uh, remembered it, until somebody mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, they're going to start burning ETH. Ah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So they're going to cut down on the number because I never thought there's no way Ethereum's ever going to be worth as much as Bitcoin because there's going to be so many more of them out there. But mm-hmm. now every transaction burns ETH along with gas, I guess. So they're, yeah. you know, it's going to be inflationary i guess is what they call that yep so there'll be fewer and fewer coins which then gets me into that mode of do i want to spend my eth on nfts or just let it grow with uh, no i i would i would say keep the eth um you know there's there's a lot of talk of like bitcoin going to a million will that happen i don't know maybe uh because this goes back to the the aspect of you know having a set amount of coins um, you know, how much, how much Bitcoin is mine? Like the 90% now, 95%. Um, and it's going to take another hundred years to, to mine the rest of it. Yep. It gets harder and harder, which so, then gets in the, gets into the whole, it's bad for the, uh, um, environment argument. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that next. Cause I think that's t- total BS. So I anyway, was, I think we there was get like an article to... or two that yep. came out about that and, uh, and everyone bought it and I'm like, this is fucking stupid that doesn't make any sense but anyway we gotta get nfts back to comics yeah nfts back to comics so uh you know going back to my analogy of of certificate of authenticity um i think that's where it really shines right now you know if if i went to comiXology and i bought um i don't know what's the comic that you're always like buying ten thousand copies of batman 457 second print second print newsstand 
Second print newsstand. Okay, so you know I can't get a second print newsstand on Comixology, but let's just say a, a four fifty seven. Um, and and someone were to say, you know, these are infinitely reproducible, right? Because they're digital assets, and this is why people don't get why anyone would pay extra. But let's say they do a thing where we're gonna mint a thousand Batman four fifty sevens, and these are being sold as nfts right the full comic right not just a gif or whatever like people are doing now but the full comic um would i pay you know a hundred bucks what what's the going price for 457 in print uh there's six versions which version let's just go with that second print the second print I, newsstand yeah isn't that one's rarer right yes there's probably 30 known in existence Okay, so let's go with that. What's the market price for that? Uh, depending on the grade, like uh, 8.5 to 9 is probably about 1500 You get above a 9 to 9, 4, 9, 6, you're getting like two grand, 2500 There's right, one 9.8 supposedly out there. Let's let's go with the lower price. Let's just go with the 100 bucks. Yeah, okay. 100, bu- 100 bucks for like a um, yeah 5.0. Your typical newsstand, it's been red, thrown in your back pocket. Perfect. hundred bucks. And that's probably easy. I want to go with the lower amount because it might make more sense for people that don't get why you pay for a digital asset. Uh, if they mint a thousand of these and they say you can own one of these for a hundred bucks, would I buy it? Uh, hell yeah. Right. In particular, because of the asset that it's tied to. Right. So you were talking about going to an open sea and buying an ETH. Um, you know, if I'm spending you know what what's that like uh one fifteenth of an eth right mm-hmm. for a hundred bucks um if I'm spending one fifteenth of an eth with all the stuff that's going around the ethereum network you know in in ten years the the fifteenth of an eth that I purchased might be worth five six grand right so mm-hmm. you're tying it directly to that asset um it's like you know when when we had the gold standard right. We got rid of it because now you can just print money and money means nothing. Uh, this is why I don't have like a huge issue with buying crypto because c- cash means nothing, right? It's just a, a figment of imagination um, in, in the technicality, right? Like I, I, I get it that people have to earn their dollars and, you know, you got to pay bills and this, that, and the other. Um, but ultimately at the core, it means nothing. And so that's the advantage of buying it in crypto is that it also means nothing, but you have proof that it means something, whatever that might mean. Um, and so the asset can go up as a result, right? Um, go ahead. Well, is I don't really think of cash or money as an asset because it's a uh, because and we're getting more philosophical now because once we became specialized individuals, you had to have in you know to kind of get out of bartering. And, you know, the, the, the whole purpose of money and cash is to make bartering and trading easier. So you both come to the same level of being able to assign value, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm, you know, I've got a job, so I've got specialized skills that I do to earn money, which I then use to pay for the house, pay for the utilities and everything right. where, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, and cash just helps equalize that out. It just, it, yes. it, it furthers the transaction. So the, you know, and especially coming off the gold standard, but I mean, um, 
that's just how you get a modern society to work. And it also instills a level in trust beyond like your, your tribe or, you know, your region. Because if you've got people you've never met before, you know, how do you trade skills and all that? You got to use cash and you come to equal values and everything. Um, and then that, and then, you know, to kind of build further on that. So again, we're talking about like, I've, I've got this paradigm. It's like, do I hold on to ETH or do I spend ETH? You know, you never have that question with cash because you're in a, in a closed system where all you see is cash. But what if you were like, you know, like now, like an Ethereum, it's like when the cash equivalent is like for the Canadian dollar or the British pound or stuff, right? So they appreciate currency, appreciates against each other. Right. And you got to kind of think in a global scale. And that's how the, 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 to- the crypto kind of acts like currencies from, from that way, because it's like, do I want to spend my British pounds because they're going up against the dollar and they're going to be worth more next week and hold them up? So that's the same dilemma. It's just people don't have that wide a view and crypto kind of, you know, gives you that wide view of, of yeah. monetary so, policy and how it's all interrelated. To expand on your example, I think we're just kind of spoiled in the U.S. Because, um, you know, you're talking about the, the stable currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can go in most places in the world and buy stuff with the U.S. dollar, right? Um, but, you know, your local currency might not be worth anything. Right. Like, let's say uh, what, what's like Venezuela. Right. I think in Venezuela, you can buy stuff in Bitcoin. You can buy stuff with a dollar. Um, so so we're we're used to that kind of thing. We also don't ever worry about like uh, tariffs or anything like that. Right. If you go to Canada, you might have uh, something with priced at a Canadian dollar and then exchanged also next to it with a, a U.S. dollar price, um, and obviously the the Canadian dollar price fluctuates a lot more because it's less stable than the U.S. dollar. Um, you know, you can go to Europe and buy goods in U.S. dollars because they know that the currency is good, right? What what happens in a hundred years when something else? Let's say the, you know, Japan's experimenting or at least they're studying right now switching the yen to a digital yen. Oh, um, China did it this week. Chi- oh, did they do it? I know yeah. there was talk about it. China did it this oh, week. Well, or they they released everything like that, but yeah. That's a perfect example, right? So I, I presume that that was coming because China and Russia have been talking about switching their, uh, you know, like the, the oil prices that they trade with each other uh, to a different currency outside the dollar because oil is traded in dollars. Um, now, if you have this digital, what do they have in China? The, the UN, I guess it is. Yeah, I think that's uh, what it is. You know, what if, what if that becomes the next big currency, right? And then the dollar isn't the stable dollar anymore. Uh, it's traded on this digital yen. Yeah. But the, uh, but that also allows them, you know, in China, you can track all the transactions are public. Well, if it was a true blockchain, all the transactions would be public there. Right. It may not be as public, but yeah, you're going to know the, the flow of money, who's getting what, what they're buying. So it, does increase the um, big brother, so to speak. It it does, but if you really come down to it, and you know, I'm a I'm a security and privacy nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, you have that now with the dollar, right? Like your transactions get tracked um, everywhere you go. That's what you see. Like it, it, we're talking about NFTs now. I guarantee you, if I had a Facebook account and I went on Facebook. It started giving me like BitTorrent or Bit Bitcoin ads, right? Um, yeah. That's just the way it is, right? 
the, the bank obviously knows every transaction that you're spending. They know where everything's going. Everything's labeled for you. Um, so it's no different, right? Uh, the difference now becomes with trading other assets and goods aside from just spending your money. Man, that's pretty too. See, I want that. Uh, what's the, the coin that's made? Is it Curve? I think Curve's made for this, right? To do um, yeah. like instant payments by phone? I think so. Yeah. I think that's uh, what it sounds like. Some of the some of the bigger coins they have like the gas fees are too high, so you know if you if you spend fifteen bucks on something you have to pay the the transaction fee that's like thirty dollars, um, and that's something that you know we we have but we don't see right like when you buy something with your your Visa or Mastercard, Visa and Mastercard are charging the merchant you know whatever it is thirty cents let's say per transaction, um, I think it's what is it? it's like a set amount plus a percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how some of these newer, like online only banks and investment firms can give you really high interest rates, uh, on investments is because they're basically like taking tokens out of the transaction fee. They get a cut of the transaction fee, uh, just like crypto miners do. They get a token, of the tr- uh, a bit of the transaction when a transaction's made. Uh, there's, there's really no difference in the way that it works. Uh, aside from the fact that, you know, there's still people that are kind of just tied into it has to be physical money. It has to be tied to a state institution, right? Like the Federal Reserve. Yeah. I, and, and you know, I don't mind if it goes away from that. I mean, I'm a big science fiction guy and you, you've always seen in the shows where it's like they got credits and they got a little thing on their arm or something. They just kind of like, boop. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they just buy their stuff. Or they go into stuff. And you don't have to exchange anything or a card because, you know, it's it's all it's all kept that way. And I kind of, I kind of like that idea. You don't have to, and it, it actually, if you could have that system, it would cut out of the middleman. It's like, what's the point in having a bank then? What's mm-hmm. the point in having credit cards? What's the, or, you know, you know, you it's, know, fu- it's funny that you mentioned that. Have you ever seen the movie in time? Oh, that sounds uh, familiar. Justin Timberlake. And oh yeah. Where they've got, that's where, where they can exchange years of their life. Yeah. 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 So, so everyone has like a digital clock on their wrist. Uh, and so you purchase, you can purchase goods with time of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's like very on the nose, but I mean, technically it's not much different than the way it works in real life, right? You, you go to work, so you're exchanging your time for dollars and then you use the dollars or whatever currency you have, uh, to buy goods. Uh, except this is all like instantaneous in a way. And, mm-hmm. and I guess technically you don't die at 30 if you, you know, buy a million dollars in lottery tickets or whatever. <laughs> um, but it, it, yeah, it was interesting. And I mean, the movie's not the best, but the, the concept is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if, if, if someone finds a way to do these transactions instantly with like almost no fees, um, I think that's when it will really gain momentum, right? That's, that's the thing holding it back right now. Well, I mean, that's, but that's, that's why you got all these companies that are doing it in the middle, like Coinbase. They charge the fees because they sit there and they handle the tech, you know, because, you know, before that, it was a pain in the ass to get uh, Bitcoin or anything like that. They make it so easy. They get rid of the friction. And so to get rid of that friction, you know, they take a part of the cut. Mm-hmm. So, you know, either the whatever half percent or a tenth of percent of all the transactions and all of that yep. to make it easy for you to purchase coins either on your credit card or cash send them somewhere bring them back exchange them so again 
you know, um, that's what you're paying for with a Coinbase, the ease of doing it a token. Because you could probably get on there and um, if you've got the technical know-how, well, I guess you can't really, you have to go to an exchange to buy tokens. I remember back in the day, you could just go on Reddit or whatever when, when the Bitcoin things. It's like, hey, anybody got any Bitcoin they want to sell? Yeah, how much you want for it? And they, you, you trust each other. And you uh, somehow wire the money to them, and then they would send the coins to your uh, your wallet and everything. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, the, the the interesting thing about Coinbase, um, and you know, this is this is one of those things that, like, if you start learning about money, uh, you realize how you can make money by spending money. Uh, the really interesting about Coinbase is you can just go on there and instead of actually purchasing uh, some kind of crypto directly uh, with, with dollars from your bank account, uh, what I've started doing is I buy USDC on Bitcoin um, and then I convert the USDC into whatever token I want to buy. Uh, so USDC is a cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the price doesn't fluctuate, right? It's a stable coin. Yep. So one USDC, USD co- US dollar coin, uh, is worth one US dollar. Uh, always the same, right? Never changes. So whatever the, the value of the dollar is, that's what the value of a USDC is. Um, now you're, you're still getting that, you have to spend the transaction fee to buy USDC. Um, but when you buy USDC, you're earning interest. So you learn, uh, I think it's a 0.15%, not, not a big interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it can add up eventually if you're using this as like an actual investment platform, uh, and putting some good money into it. Uh, so, so that's what I started doing. I buy USDC on, on Coinbase. Uh, and then every time I want to buy something else, I just do a conversion. Uh, and you know, I've got recurring payments going into Coinbase, so I don't ever have to add any money. It's just automatic. Um, and then I'm earning that interest and it, it ends up working out in the end because, you know, the conversion, there's no, there's no exchange fee to convert between currencies. Yeah. Does Coinbase have a car? Isn't, or do they have a car or is it PayPal? Cause you buy Bitcoin stuff with PayPal now. And I know you can have a PayPal credit card or something so you can i I think it's going to be i don't think of any company or yet that's got where it's like say like coinbase like you've got stuff in usdc or whatever and you've got a card and you can pay with that so funny that you say that so yes they don't have it yet um but you can join the wait list because it's coming in a couple months um they're doing a, a debit card and you pay you you basically pay with your crypto assets, right? So I guess somehow in the background, uh, Coinbase, because they're connecting all your wallets, basically, or your crypto wallets, they, in the background, convert those things into US dollars, let's say, if you go and buy gas. Or let's say you go to the comic store, right? Mm-hmm. You use your Coinbase debit card. Um, it converts your crypto into dollars so you can pay at the comic store. Um, and then you get, I don't, I think it's like 3% cash back and all those are converted back into crypto and you earn interest on that. Yeah. So you can actually use any coin that you own as a US dollar, right? Instead of mm-hmm. having to find like a Bitcoin wallet or a Bitcoin ATM, for example, right. Or, or find someplace, uh, you know, go to the Dallas Mavericks website and, and buy tickets with Dogecoin. 
<laughs> you just use your Coinbase debit card. And it handles that all in the background. Yeah, but again, it's just a means of converting your specialized labor or skills into something that you can purchase things you need. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, how, how is this relevant to comics? Again, it goes back to the certificate. What if, I mean, this will probably never happen because comics is a market that is obviously stuck like 40 years in the past, right? This is the reason why Diamond is losing business <laughs> because they've been doing the same kind of business the same way for their entire life, right? Granted, no competition, so you know they have no impetus to actually change. Um, but like, why should they have to be a company that handles ordering stuff in the background for for comic shops? I, I can't remember the name of the system, but I know a lot of shops use it. I think they're based out of Australia, um, and they basically just like gather diamond data, uh, create their own catalogs, and provide an ordering system for for shops, so customers can log into their account place their order on there, just like you would on DCBS or, you know, uh, on Kawabunga. Um, but it's all online, right? No spreadsheets or anything. Uh, you go on there, you add whatever you want. This The shop has it on, on record. They have your card on record. So there's no, you know, holding boxes of books for people waiting for payment for months. Uh, it's all integrated. Why could, why doesn't Diamond have this? Diamond should have had this 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And and they've been they've had a system in beta for a couple of years now. I mean, betas don't take that long. It's not that hard. What do they have? Like one guy part time working on it? <laughs> no, he's got one guy studying uh, how to program working on it. I mean, I guess, I guess. Uh, but see, so that's the reason. So let's say somebody like uh, like the CGC folks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of you know, having this website, you just have a wallet, right, that you can have on your phone, right? Uh, let's let's use the word app because that's really all a wallet is. Uh, so you have your CGC app on your phone, uh, and it all gets tracked on a blockchain instead of in a database, right? I mean, ultimately, there's very little difference uh, for for the consumer in how these things look and work, right? The technicalities are different. Um, but I mean, you can you can think of of the ledger as just being a database. Um, if they do this, every time a sale is done anywhere between a customer, between somebody in eBay or somebody on Amazon or between comic shops, uh, all these transactions would be tracked, uh, and then you have a more accurate record of what actually is out there, right? You know, going back mm-hmm. to your four fifty seven, you said there might be like one nine point eight or something, but you would know this. And right? you know who owns it. Ledger. And you know who owns it. And you know and you know the history of who's owned it. Exactly. So exactly. So that adds, you know, that's one of the things I want to get into is because that's another aspect of NFTs. Um so, you know, as an example, so I, my sister lives in South Carolina and I was visiting and I went into a comic store there because hey, that's what I'm going to do. Right. And so I went to this comic book store and they actually had some books on the on their wall for sale that were previously owned by Darius Rucker. Ah. Now does does that add any value to it? I don't know. For some would people. They, yeah. Did they just put that on there knowing that would make some people pay the price for it? Could be. But if it was a digital comic where you could see the transactions where it was actually owned by Darius Rucker, there's a little more authenticity to it. Mm-hmm. 
And I kind of, and I kind of, that's where I want to dovetail into how I think for NFTs for comics. So one of the reasons I like physical copies, and this is only a small part, is because physical copies, you know, albeit the nineties were a totally different creature. You know, some of these, there was only like 20,000 printed, 30,000 printed, 5,000 printed, 10,000 printed, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I see the big difference between physical comics and digital. Like in digital, you can have an infinite amount while physical, you know, there's a limited supply. Some are going to be lost to age, trashed, um, scrapped, thrown away or whatever. So the, the, the numbers goes down, but it can't do that with digital unless it's an NFT. So like I said earlier, you know, we were kind of commenting on about like there's only 30 or 40 known Batman 47 second print newsstands, right? And so 30 is a low number. But what if, and, you know, this kind of goes more into you got to have a physical way of viewing it. But, you know, print run now for comics or what? Like a popular comics, like a Batman or something. Batman's the basis. So it's 100,000 comics, mm-hmm. 100,000 every month, right? So what if you had a digital, if you had a digital comic where they only going to print a hundred thousand of them? You can't do that. Well, yeah, you can if it's NFT. And if you pay in five dollars or four ninety nine or whatever Batman is now for your hundred thousand NFT, you, it's digital, but now you maintain that. Oh, there was a first appearance in there. Now you've got two hundred thousand people that want it. So now the market drives up the price because, oh, we'll just, you know, I'll just copy the PDF or, I'll just go to Comixology and download it or buy it from there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It it caps caps it. So the only way you can get that issue is if somebody sells you that NFT. But that means you gotta yeah. have some you gotta have some device or some app that's only gonna let the people that it sees owns that NFT read that comic. And then you have to have a way so that people aren't screenshotting it or copying it somehow. If you can figure that part out. Then it's, I think it's then indistinguishable between a digital comic and a physical comic. Because for me, that's what the difference is. Physical, there's a limited number. Digital, there could be an infinite number. Or if they, if they do an NFT, they can just copy it and screenshot it and just send me the pictures for it. Well, I was going to say, what if, uh, what if I just take your physical comics and photocopy them? Um, so I have a, I have a print copy of them mm-hmm. and I can read the comic. Obviously it's worth nothing because I, I photocopied it. Um, but I just want to read the comic, right? So he, here's my idea for NFTs. And, and this is something where I would actually even pay more for a digital comic if this were the case. So let's say I go, we'll just use Comixology, right? As the biggest market. I go in Comixology mm-hmm. and I purchase my uh you know, whatever batman 1305 okay we'll just say that because this will happen many years in the future I, I purchased my batman 1305 and uh or actually not not a comicsology i go to my shop and i buy my batman 1305 um as if i want to become a collector i don't ever need to read this comic because what happens is i go and i purchase it Okay, with my wallet, and I get a physical copy of this book. I'm gonna take this book, bag it and board it immediately, and put it in a box. Okay, because at some point in 30 years, it'll be worth something. Okay, 
Um, I'll, I'll pay for my college kids fund with my Batman 1305. But I also get this NFT. So I get a digital copy of the book so I can read it because I just want to read the comic, right? The, for me, the physical aspect is, is different. Uh, if I want to read the physical comic, I can, uh, but I'm using this as an, as an investment. So now I own this NFT of this digital comic. To me, this creates like a tertiary market for comics in the aftermarket because now not only can you continue to trade and invest in flipping physical books if you want, but you also own this certificate of authenticity on this asset, right? Now, the, the certificate includes both the physical and the digital copy. Um, you can sell the physical copy if you want. You still own the digital, right? And that's still mm-hmm. uh, on the blockchain as something that you own. Uh, and then you, if you want, you can go ahead and trade that digital asset, the digital comic, to somebody else. Uh, and exchange the the certificate. Okay. Um, now, is there a way to to tie the certificate to the comic? I'm sure it'd be super easy, right? Um, just next to the barcode where they scan it at the register, just put like a QR code, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So when someone scans the QR code, they know this is tied to whatever wallet owns the NFT at the time. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now you're able to expand the aftermarket collecting segment because you can trade both of these different assets. You can trade the physical book and you can trade the digital book. But why would you ever physically need to have the the physical book? Couldn't you just keep it in the vault somewhere and know you have it there and then you can trade it and it just, the physical book never moves. It just trades ownership. You absolutely could. So, I mean, you'd have to set the wallet up somehow where it, it would track when you sell the asset if you're selling, which part are you selling? So are you selling the, the, the NFT, the digital comic, or are you selling it in conjunction with the book, the physical book? Um, so th- this creates additional value for the NFT, right? So if you're selling them in conjunction, uh, let's say you sell the physical and the NFT, you sell them for a hundred bucks. Uh, but if you sold them separately, the going value is say 40 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're better off keeping and and trading and selling these two assets at the same time because you have a higher profit margin if that's what you want to do. Um, or you can kind of cut your loss and sell part of it. Right. So you can keep the the, the NFT for you to read at any time and you still own it. Uh, you can do a, a fractional sale to sell the physical copy of the book to Mike Myers because Mike Myers will only read him in print. Right. But he still has that value stored on the blockchain for the physical book. Okay. So now you have two different values for these two different kinds of assets. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. And that's what I found interesting about the Matt Kent one. The, his was actually two. You got the comic and you got the cover. Mm. Um, and this is kind of what I, I kind of want to get into eventually on it, but his was like, the only way he had it structured on the NFT, the only way you could make money off it was actually selling the actual NFT. Mm-hmm. So basically, it like say I don't want that NFT, and I want to create a website to show the comic. And the only way you can read the comic is if you pay me a subscription to read the comic, or you yep. send me five bucks, and then you can read the comic. That was yep. not allowed. Ah, so uh, but why couldn't? And I don't, and I'm trying to figure out if I like that or not because it's like, 
you know, what if I've only got the only copy of a certain comic? And it's like, hey, if you want to read this physical copy, you got me five books and you can flip through it and read it. I mean, how's that different than a painting where you got to pay a fee to go into the museum to see it? Yes. Why couldn't, why couldn't I do that with my NFT? But according to the sure. rules of buying right. his NFT, I could, the only way I could make money on it was to sell it. Right. And right. I can understand you can't use his characters or anything like that. But if, if I own the rights to that comic and the cover, then why can't I have a gateway for people to see it or yeah, do something that, with it? That's. I mean, we can touch upon that a little bit, but I think the the aspect of ownership is like a totally separate conversation on its own. And it's probably like a 12-hour a conversation, to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, because it, it gets down to like what does it mean to own something, right? Like, And that's a little too deep for a, for a comic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the concept of ownership with these digital goods is interesting, right? Because – you know, the first time you and I chimed on this on Twitter together, and this is when I knew you were interested in it, uh, was when I said, well, you know, the goods are infinitely reproducible, so who cares, right? Technically, they have no value unless you have this NFT added to it, right? The certificate of authenticity added to it. They have no value. Um, you know, I think with uh, like the Beeple one, for example, and I just throw that out because that's you know, the, the biggest one right now. Um, you can actually, with NFTs, have fractional ownership of of the asset, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, there's platforms that do this now. Like Robinhood got popular with the whole GameStop thing because people could buy fractions of an of a, of a share, whereas if you went to a traditional firm, you had to buy full shares, um, and so that made it popular. What if what if you could do this even with the comics, right? What if uh, if you and I wanted to buy a Tech Twenty Seven? Um, I don't even know what the market value is now. Let's just say a hundred grand, okay? Oh no, no, that's that's way too low. Let's just say that that's a nice round number, okay? Uh, hundred. A million dollars is a nice round number. All right, fine. A million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. You don't have a million dollars. Nope. But but what if uh, what if me and you and Jay and Mike and Rob uh, and whatever? Let's say we got. We got a hundred people, right? And we mm-hmm. each pitched in ten grand. Okay, now we all own Tech Twenty Seven. Now, I want the first rap. Now, I mean, <laughs> even if you even if you bought, yeah, exactly. Uh, even if you bought the physical comic, you would ne- I would never read it if I owned it. I would never open it. Nope. Right. I would only buy it just to say that I own it. It's an investment. Exactly. And Just hence, to say that I own it. And hence it would stay in the vault and yep. you'd need some way of showing ownership. Mm-hmm. So I would just buy it just to say that I own it. I mean, I've read it, right? You can get physical copy or digital copies of it. So I've read it. But now I can say that I own it. What if I could do this with the NFT? So we all pitch in 10 grand. We buy a copy of Tech 27. Now we all own one tenth of Tech 27. Okay. That's valuable to me. Mm hmm. Right, because now that's an extra asset that I can add to my investment portfolio. Yeah, uh, and if somebody and, and if somebody sells their share for twenty grand, mm-hmm. then they've raised the value of everybody's of share, everybody else's shares, exactly. Uh, so now one ninth of a share is worth, you know, whatever, twenty five grand instead of ten grand. Okay, um, so to me that makes sense. 
where you can buy these things that are so rare that there's no way in the world you would ever own them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, this would be tied to a physical asset too, right? Like we all get the NFT that we can read a, a digital copy, but we also get a physical copy of tech 27. Now who gets to keep it in the vault? I have no idea. Um, because you know, I would assume none of us would want to, you know, take the risk of mailing it back and forth. Right. There'd be no point of that. Oh no. Um, but, but there would be a way to, we find some, we, we put it in a, in a bank somewhere. Okay, in a bank vault, um, and we all own it. Now, what if somebody steals the comic? Well, guess what? It doesn't matter, right? Because it's on the ledger. So if someone decides that they're going to take full ownership of the book, they have no rights to it. All they have a right to is the one-tenth that they own. You see what I mean? So they can mm -hmm. never steal it from anybody else. What is this? This is Otis. And it is the, as I said, the start market for culture. So you can buy fractional shares of sports cards. You can mm. buy fractional shares of, is it going to change? How do you get it to, how do you get the carousel to work? Comics? You can buy fractional shares of sneakers? Huh. So. I do own fractional shares of an X-Men 1. I own fractional shares of a TMNT 1. I own fractional shares of a FLIR 86 set with the Michael Jordan rookie card. I own a fractional, <laughs> I own fractional shares of, I think an Avengers 1, and I own fractional shares of a Super Mario Brothers PSA 10. See, now, uh, you gave me a hard on because this is exactly what I want. So, so right now, this is what I'm saying. Sports cards have gotten big. So everything, like a year ago, it was all comics. Now it's all, like here's an unopened pack. You can buy a fractional share of an unopened pack of cards. And now video games are on here. Um, sneakers are big. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm about to buy a TMNT number one. 12 bucks a share. What a deal. See, there's the X-Men one. 9.2, $75 a share. And then they, I, sit there, I sit there and I think they tell you how many. There's the Avengers one. Giant size X-Men one. And then there was some art, like there's skateboards. But they've really gone into where it's more cards, comics, and uh, sneakers. Well, I don't care about that stuff. But I am looking at the comic section. Uh, there's uh, there's not many. There are nine comics on here. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I don't think you can log in. I think it's I think it's app only. You can't do anything from the desktop. Interesting. And there's another company that does something similar to this. But yeah, this is so, this is how I own a little bit of a 181 and a TMNT number one. So I'm assuming that uh, this all works on blockchain. Um, uh, actually, I do not think so. Oh, I do not think this actually works. But this, you know, it's a fractional. They physically buy it from like Heritage or whatever, and I think it sits in a vault somewhere in New York City. Got it. So it's but, basically a, like a trust. Yep. Yeah, but but then what their play is is they'll do that and they share shares, and then they have a marketplace, so you can actually like stocks, and you can. Trade shares, buy shares, sell your shares, and watch the price go up and down. So, 
is this quite a digital asset? Maybe not, but I can see where a blockchain would be more um, transparent for this kind of thing, right? Because yeah. right now you have to, tr- right now with you know with this, you have to trust that's what people are buying. You know, it's like uh, somebody you know, and the company is saying, "Hey, we need to get the shares up on this." Say somebody bought ten shares for seventy five bucks, or instead of the fifty that it's running for right now. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I am disappointed. I can't log in from the website. It's a uh, app only. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so the comics listed on here are Daredevil one, X Men one, TMNT one, Avengers one, FF fifty two, Tomb of Dracula ten. Amazing Spider-Man 129, Giant X-Men number one, and Incredible Hulk 181. So just nine comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but see, this is what I'm talking about. You buy shares of these books. Um, you know, th- it, this might not work for somebody that is willing to spend a large chunk of money just to own the physical copy. Um, unless they can understand the the inherent value in tracking the ownership of the book. Well, but but what this does is it makes it seem more like we were talking about assets. It's like a stock now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like take giant size X-Men or any of the things. Uh, Fox got bought by Marvel Studios. Or Fox got bought by, you know, the X-Men got moved over to Disney. So they're now part of the MCU. Yep. And everybody's expecting um, the X-Men to appear in the Marvel movies in the next three to five years. And you're already starting to see an increase in the comics, right? Yep. You know, another another play is like I can't afford, you know, like a 1.5 X-Men number one right now is like five grand. I can't spend that on that. There's mm-hmm. a 9.2 right there. And in comics, the high grades just grow exponentially. I think Jay and I were yep. talking about that the other night when we were talking about 10s and 9.9s. You get something from the early 60s in, you know, 9.2, 9.4 range is pretty good. So you can sit there. It's like I'm going to throw a thousand bucks into this Otis into this X Men one, right? Price goes up in five years. You cash out for five grand. It's it, you know sometimes that's better than playing the stock market or putting it in the bank or to see. I mean, it's assets. It's putting it into assets. Yeah, this is pretty good. I wish you would have told me about this beforehand, you bastard. Oh well, just been playing it for it with a year. <laughs> I got all uh, no, kinds of stuff like that. It's, okay, and if we, if we want to go into another asset class, I should have told everybody about it last October when I got into it, and I didn't tell Dewan until like February, and then it was too late. What is it? It is NBA Top Shot. So if we really oh, want to get, boy. if we want to get into NFTs, <laughs> we can, and they're right now they're under maintenance, so I don't know if I can, oh man, the entire beta is under maintenance. Mm. So, so, so I have an issue with Top Shot. Oh, do you? Uh, uh, yeah, and it's not the fact that I, I don't see value in buying uh, video clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I don't see value in, in buying GIFs of things. They're not c- clips. They're moments. Sure. They're, they're video clips. Um, uh, to me, there's no value in that, right? But, mm-hmm. but I understand why there is value to some people. Uh, especially if you're like a hardcore sports fan. My mm-hmm. thing with Top Shot goes back to this idea of ownership um, in that even though you quote unquote own the NFT uh, with Top Shot, you don't own anything. It's like anything else. It's like, uh, you know, when you buy a movie on Apple TV or Amazon, you're not buying the movie. 
right? Because the company goes under, you you don't have access to it anymore. What you're doing is basically getting like purchasing a license to hold it. Um, I don't know. That question's asked under their facts, and they state that you own it, and it's on their Flow blockchain. And so it's not like now that Flow can go under. Because that question has been asked several times very specifically, and they've said, no, you own them, and even if Dapper Labs goes out of business, you will still have the moments. Hmm. I don't know, man. There's a lot of stipulations in their terms of service True. in True. terms of what you can and cannot do with the asset. And if you if you owned it outright, uh, there would be no stipulations. No. All I know is I spent $200 last year, and at one point my, my NBA top shot, uh, account was worth forty grand. Dang! Now it's down to fifteen. But I've spent off about two hundred bucks. Off of two hundred bucks. Wow! See, that's that's some good investment. Yeah, but it's like I didn't know if I'd known that, I'd have spent a thousand. I'd have spent. I'd spent a thousand dollars. Yeah. I was. Well, I, you know. I, I, I was buying pack. I was buying packs. Packs. Digital packs for like nine, ten bucks each, just because it's like. Hey, this is interesting. This is kind of whatever. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I kind of, it's kind of like Bitcoin and my Ethereum. I just bought them and then forgot about them. Then it's like, hmm, let me go take a look. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like I bought like six or seven packs and it happens to be, I was in the beta. They're still in beta. I mean, this is, this is probably right when they got out of alpha. And I'm like, eh, let me try it. Yeah. It's kind of neat. I'm not really into basketball, blah, blah, blah. Three months later, I'll open it up. It's like, holy crap. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's crazy. I don't, and that's the thing now. And that's what I'm saying. In February, this all took off. And now it's almost like century overload with all the NFTs out there. Yeah. Well, especially now. So Tom Brady announced his NFT thing. I think it's called Autograph, mm-hmm. um, which I, I didn't look too much into it. But, uh, you know, is it interesting? It, it's like, okay, there you go. That's perfect. The NFT gives you the additional value like uh, like a signed comic would, right? If you buy the comic, you get a certain value on it. And then, uh, you know, if you get it signed at a con and you have CGC proof, right, with the witness that that person was there signing it for you, uh, the value could, you know, double or whatever. Yeah, right? and you can also see who owned it. What if it's like Tom Brady, then he, like, sold it to Gazelle, and then, then the, she sold it to Gronk. And he's seen where it's like all these people have owned it. So does that up the value of that spe- specific NFT each uh, time? Yeah. And, I mean, and here's the famous people, maybe. Yeah. And here's the other thing we haven't touched on. So let's, I want to get back to the comic thing too. So yeah. 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 So let's say uh, a middle end of the road comic, 50,000. So we're going to print 50,000 digital NFT comics. You can serialize them. So how much yes. would you, out of that 50,000, what would you pay for? The first one minted. How much would you pay for the ten number ten thousand, number twenty thousand? You know those those numbers like that, lucky numbers. Yep, yep, and, and such. So, I mean, that's what you're seeing happen, like in the top shot. So, granted, they they you know they were printing off a thousand moments, right? The ones that really go for the money are like if it's a thousand moments, it's the ones like from a number to hundred or less, like double digit, like nine nine, and then you get into single digits, and then you can see the and so they're not all worth the same. The lower serial numbers are worth high, and then it kind of goes down as you go yep. to the higher. Unless there's something significant about the serial number, say like, say you're doing a Batman, and so like when issue 500 of Batman came out, so you got the serial number 500 of the 90,000 that were printed. Yep. 
you get a Hellstrom comic and number 666 is worth uh, 666 times the mm. other ones. Yeah. yeah. So so then you've got who's owned it. Now you got to track a who's owned it. So is there fam- somebody famous that's owned it that you've got it? And now you've got the serial number of it. What's the significance on that? Um, the other thing I've heard about NFTs is like some NFTs, if you own it, you have the right to make slight adjustments to it. So, mm-hmm. well, let's say, let's say, oh, let's keep back to our comic, uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, okay, I've got a comic NFT, you know, let's say who's in, okay, okay, who's in the, who's in the, uh, who's in the group? Cullen Bunn. Let's say Cullen Bunn's going to put out a comic NFT, right? Yep. All right. I'm going to, we're going to put out 10,000 of these comic NFTs. All right. Whoever buys serial number one, they can change the background cover color to whatever they want. Uh, or they can change the color of the logo to whatever they want. Yeah, see, that's interesting because now you get – this is one thing that always bugged me, uh, and I'll use Valiant as an example because this happens all the time with with older comics. Um, you know, with, with Valiant, you had like all those error variants. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for a normal person, if a comic is misprinted, it would be worth less. But in the eyes of a collector, if a comic is misprinted, uh, it's worth more because it's rarer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you see this a lot now, um, with a lot of first printings disappearing because of investors. You see this in second printings where a lot of second printings are becoming worth more than first prints. Because the, the supply is much lower. Yep. Uh, and, and this always made, I mean, like, that's a basic of economics, right? If the supply is low, it should be worth more, right? As long as the demand is high, I guess. Uh, and that's why you're seeing this jump in, in second print pricing is because the, the supply is low, but because nobody can get first prints that the, the, the demand becomes much, much higher. Uh, and I think, the example that you're bringing up is really interesting, and I hadn't thought about it. Is what if you just changed a background, or you changed the the logo color, or you can insert uh, yourself into it? You know, let's say Cullen Bond bought uh whatever Batman 457. What if he signed the cover, right? Like, sure, he didn't work on it, but there's proof that he owned it at some point and he signed it. Is that worth something to somebody? They yeah, like, can digitally the, sign it. And the yeah, only way you could you can only digitally sign it is if you had the NFT that allowed you to sign at that point. And then once that once and that's the thing, if you set up the NFT because it's I, is that all under uh, smart contracts basically? Yes. Yeah. So you could set up a smart contract. You could almost set it up as like the first ten people that own this can sign it or make a change to it. And then after those ten people, it's locked. Right. Yeah, so I then, like it. So then you've got people that are going to fight for being able to put something to it, but then you've got the people that are going to fight that want that unique, and you don't know what it's going to be. It's it's kind of like Banksy art, right? And when you get it, you don't know if it's going to shred up or it's going to burn or something like that. But <laughs> but but you see, that's where I see the innovation in NFTs is it allows you to it allows the just anybody if you're willing to spend for it or whatever, jump for the hoops or whatever. Get it, and then you can, if you can do something to it, and you know, not not completely dis- destroy it. Mm-hmm. And and I gave it simple examples like change the background color, change the logo color. But you could, 
what you know, say it's like Cullen Bunn does it. Maybe you can change some of the dialogue to something, or for this issue, some character that's only in this issue be, ha, is is you. You know, it doesn't look like you, yeah, but it's given right. your name. Yep. Yep. Or you know, if you want to increase the value, you can do you know, just like rare comics are worth more. Uh, what if you burn? You buy two NFTs, two copies, and you burn one of them. Right now, the price mm-hmm. of all of them goes up because you exactly. have one less in supply. Uh, yeah, you can do a lot more with the digital asset like that. Um, I think that's where things get really, really interesting. Um, you know, the problem again goes back to the same thing: why would anyone care about buying a digital good? Um, and I think, you know, my my simple answer, and this might be a, a pretentious answer, maybe, um, but I think if you really feel that way you may not understand like how just physical assets are, are traded and sold. Um, Cause it's still all done digitally, right? Like if you buy stocks, all this stuff is automated, right? It's all computerized already. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, I mean, you own a money. share of a company. What's a share of a company? Yeah. Used to be, you'd get a physical piece of paper, yeah. You know, now you don't even do it. It's all digital. And it's, you know, it's just, and, and that's how governments transact. It's like this one government pays this one mo- government money. You know, it's not, you know, it's not like something actually f- cash physically changes hands. It's, you know, dollar, you know, no, uh, zeros and ones just change in the electronic ledgers. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the last thing I want to talk about NFTs is the whole energy consumption thing. Uh, cause this has really bugged me a lot. Uh, I see this everywhere. Matt Kent got a lot of flack on Twitter because people are like, do you know you're destroying the environment? And he's like, I know we're going to donate part of the proceeds to this, that, and the other. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you shouldn't have to do that. Um, cause I think what happens is like there were like two or three articles that came out talking about the, the environmental impact of crypto mining, uh, and, and keeping up with these ledgers. And, uh, you know, they, they use terminology that will really affect people, right? Uh, like there was a, a news article today about a man buys like missile launcher with Bitcoin. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like people buy guns and shit all the time with like US dollars. Yeah. I want right? to get the, uh, the Elon Musk flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, but people buy like crazy stuff with, with dollars all the time. Why is this a big thing, right? You're just trying to angle it to get people off about, uh, pe- people pissed off about crypto. Um, and it was the same thing with this environmental article. Uh, now, are there blockchains that have a greater impact than others? Of course, right? Like, uh, you know, the two big ones, like Bitcoin and Ethereum are prime examples. Uh, but the thing is, like, a lot of these coins are being mined in, like, China, mm-hmm. right, off of uh, – what's that dam? The Three Rivers Dam, uh, using power from there. Yep. The power from there is, like, super cheap. They're paying, like, a penny, right, where you might be paying, like, 14 to whatever, 20 cents a kilowatt. They're paying, like, one cent. Yeah, I think that's why people forget. The miners aren't profitable unless they have cheap electricity. So they're actually seeking out – cheap sources of, of energy like um one big one's like iceland with all mm-hmm. the geothermal yep right and you know the interesting article i read on it is like you got to think of crypto like a battery right mm-hmm. because like for traditionally something like you had cheap late so you 
in Iceland is the big example I saw. So in Iceland, you have cheap geothermal, right? So the, the energy is really cheap. So they build like aluminum smelters there. So you've got these factories that are converting geothermal energy into aluminum, and now they're having to export the aluminum because it's so cheap to make the aluminum at that point. But mm-hmm. if you're converting it into crypto, it makes it even easier to funnel the cheap energy out into the world, right? right. Because it's instantaneous and it's all digital. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, there was somewhere out west I remember reading where they were setting up uh, a bunch of Bitcoin miners because they had cheap uh, hydroelectric power. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's just it seems like the cryptocurrencies are actually helping green energy become more popular and economical because that's the what they're seeking out and using the energy because I guess you know we don't have the battery technology now to kind of store it and everything, so it just gets wasted. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's I don't know I. It, you know, if if we were really concerned about that, then it's like, why don't we? Why shouldn't we be all forced to go to electric car? Well, I sit there and say electrical cars, but you're still using coal plants to generate electricity to power the electric cars. So are you really right. saving so, the environment? So you see what I mean? That's exactly what I mean, right? You're just uh, you're just projecting your bullshit on, on other people. Uh, you know, the electric car is a prime example, right? Yes, like uh, you're not burning fossil fuels, but the energy comes from somewhere. Right. And, mm-hmm. and in the U.S., coal is still one of the largest ways to produce energy. Um, you know, you see uh, you see headlines like uh, Bitcoin crypto mining generate uh, uses as much energy as entire countries. Uh, and, you know, we live in the U.S., right? So we have 350 million people. And you're like, oh, my God, as much as the U.S., that's crazy. Meanwhile, they're talking about like Argentina, which has like the population of New York State. Yep. Right. So does that make sense? No, absolutely not. Right. You're just buying into the bullshit. You're buying into the wording. Um, now, can you make it better? For sure. Uh, this goes into like a super nerdy conversation we're not going to have. Um, but when you get into like proof of uh, proof of stake and all this kind of thing, the way that uh, proving that these things are on the blockchain and that they have been mined uh, actually works. Uh, there's different models for doing this. Um, I don't know if you took a look at that Chia that I sent you. The, I mean, the coin's never going to be worth anything. Um, but but proof of space and time I find really, really fascinating. Um, and you don't need energy, right? You just need hard drives for that. Yep. Um, it's kind of like Filecoin. So, yeah, kind of like Filecoin or storage. Yep, they pay you to store stuff on your computer and you paid with this coin and da 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 da. Yep, yep, exactly. So there's there's better ways to do it than the way that Bitcoin and, and Ethereum doing it. Uh Ethereum is moving to that 2.0, which should remedy some of that stuff. Um and then there's other coins that like basically have no yes, proof of stake. Bring your A1 sauce, Jay. Um, <laughs> there's uh there's ways of doing it that uh, don't impact as much. And there's there's coins that are kind of like side-chained to other things, right? So, you know, on the Ethereum blockchain, you might have like a thousand different coins popping up on there. Uh, they're not generating their own proofs. They're basically chaining off what's on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and, you know, like a good example that I love, because I love this coin. We, we can talk about this in a minute. But like Dogecoin, right? Like there's no impact on Dogecoin. Um <sighs> The Dogecoin. Right? I so tried those, to set, I tried to set up the mine Dogecoin. I could not figure it out. Uh, yeah, I use a uh, miner D. It's it's not worth it. 
I mean, dude, it's like six cents a coin. You know what I mean? Just like buy a thousand of them. Um, but, uh, but there's, there's, there's different things. And, and the thing is there's so much technical jargon and, uh, you know, tech specs and white papers that you got to read to understand like the minutia of all these things. Mm-hmm. People don't have time for that stuff, right? They just read the headlines and move on. And I think that's part of the problem. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yep. All right. You, uh, you want to end this chat here and then we'll, uh, we'll spend a couple minutes talking about crypto portfolio. Uh, yeah, there was one thing I did want to share with everybody and I don't have it on here. Uh, ooh, let me see. D app report. Dap report. So, um, now we can continue on. So, oh, there it is. I think it's DAP Radar. So uh, just for anybody that's interested in looking on what's going on out there. So let me share my screen, but we will also discuss it for those of you that are listening. So there's a nice website called DAP Radar. Um, and right now I'm kind of showing, it's kind of doing like the top blockchain DAPs. Which is a DAP is a digital app? No, what is that? What does DAP again stand for? Oh hell, I don't know. So, but anyway, what I like about this is then you can actually see everything going on on the blockchain. So, like right now, you've got coins and such. Well, not coins, but you can look at here's like games that are going on, mm-hmm. and then DeFi and gambling. Exchanges. What I like, and this isn't really showing me what I want to do because this is where I kind of look and I'm trying to, like, so I did, like I was talking about earlier, I did the NBA Top Shop back in October, right? Yep. But now, getting into it now, it's too late. It's been found out. So it's kind of like, <laughs> what's the next thing? Um, and so I'm actually, I'm trying to see if it's on here. This still isn't exactly what I'm looking for. There's um there's a what I keep hearing people talking about or I keep seeing and it's got the users is called Axie Infinity. And it's kind of like Pokemon. Mhm. So you can buy uh and the key to key to all these things is they have their own marketplace. I mean, that's that's the other thing I guess we didn't touch on with NFTs and everything, is that like what's making NBA Top Shot, you know, really really burst is because like I said, uh, sports cards are really taking off, yep. right? But to do sports cards, you got to open a pack, you got to get the card, then you got to send it off to be graded, which can actually right now take nine to ten months. You got to get it back, you got to put it on eBay. Mm-hmm. With NFTs, when they have the marketplace, you open the pack, you instantly. It's like you don't grade a digital collectible. They're all PSA 10s, right? The big thing that yep. counts is the serial number. Yep. And NBA Top Shop, it's like they have the marketplace. So you can open a pack and literally five seconds later put it on the marketplace and sell it. Yeah. And then somebody buys it. The money is there, and you instantly and you can transfer it back to your bank account. Yep. And the whole transaction is frictionless. And that's why everybody jumped on it because people were making – you could buy a $9 pack. And make a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars on it, like within twenty minutes. 
and see, and this is why I brought up CGC earlier, is if CGC had a marketplace on a blockchain, mm-hmm. they can get rid of a lot of this headway and you know, having to ship comics, waiting for the grade, coming back. It's already graded. It's already proofed, right? It's on the blockchain. All you got to do is uh, you know, open your comic, and uh, CGC already knows what's in it, mm-hmm. and it goes on the ledger. Yep. You want to sell it immediately? Cool. You want to wait? Cool. Uh, but they can track that and see the problem again is the comic industry is 30 years behind on technology. Um, so, you know, no one's going to get it. No one that is into investing in comics gets it. Well, let me rephrase that. Very few people get it because obviously you get it. <laughs> but, but again, the aspects of it is so it's like you see this Axie Infinity. So, the the key that you got to note about this, uh, it's like Pokemon, great, and you're playing stuff and all that. The whole key is this part here where you're breeding. So they set it up so that you can put two of these creatures together and you'll get random traits. And so you got to pay a, like seven dollars. I think it was like, it's like equivalent enough, enough Ethereum for like eight or eight or seven dollars, right? To breed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you get random characteristics. And if you, get, if you happen to get the right set of characteristics that fight the battles better, then you can go and you can sell it. So you spend seven dollars for it, and you can go sell it for like a whole ETH. I think the most one of these has gone for is like thirty ETH. Wow, it might be thirty ETH or three ETH. I can't, I can't remember. But you know, this is kind of based on like the first like um, crypto game or something that I know out there that was Crypto Kitties. Yep. Right. So you had your first, gen- you had your first generation Crypto Kitties that Dapper Labs did. And then you could buy cats or you randomly generate a cat and then you mated them and you grew more kittens, cats. And then as, as you, depending on the characteristics, they would sell. Some of them were desirable. Some of them weren't. Um, and then some of those go for a lot of money because that was the first game. And then the next one they did, Dapper Labs did, was a card game called, um, crap, I can't even think of it now. And I did join it, but I didn't decide to do anything with it. It's like God's Unleashed, I think. Did you send me that, or was I, it somebody sent me something? Because I play Hearthstone. Oh, God's time. God's Unchained. That's it. So this is the this is a crypto based card game by the same company that did that. So um, God's Unchained, a trading card game that pays to play. So you you know, again, this is another one where you can you get the cards, and if you get rare cards, you can sell them on their marketplace for Ethereum or whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I need to get into this because I love this kind of game. Again, I play Hearthstone way too much, uh, and all I do there is uh, spend money. You know what I mean? But it'd be cool like if I open up a, a legendary that I I don't use because I don't use like a particular class or whatever. Um, I can trade it for something that I want or sell it. Right? There's no marketplace in Hearthstone at all. Yeah, and it's and it's the thing is, and, and everybody knows, and it's, since it's digital, I mean, you're talking about Hearthstone, which is all digital, but like for Magic, I played Magic back in the day, and the mm-hmm. whole thing is like it's great, you know, is it played? Is it brand new? Is it square? Is it is it centered? You know, it's got a black border, so is it like? Do you see the, um, you know, is it a crisp black border and everything, and that affects the price? Uh, yeah. And and again, you've got either you put it on eBay ungraded and people have got to guess what it is or you send it off and it gets, gets graded and you put it on eBay and everything. It's like, here the marketplace is all self-contained. And again, you can track who owned it and who didn't own it. Mm-hmm. So, and I wish I could find, I should have been better prepared to find a website. There's a better website that lists, um, uh, you know, kind of what the current 
what what's nice about it is that it tells you how many sellers they are, how many buyers they are, and um you know what they're you know how much the stuff is selling for, so how much money's transactioned. And uh it's like top shots number one right now. After that comes so rare, which is a yep European football or soccer, you know, soccer, true, yeah. true, fo- true football, I guess. Yes. Which I can't, I joined it and I got my basic starter pack, but I cannot figure that site out. <laughs> I cannot figure it. And I know none of the players or anything like that. So, and then there's a one or two others that have kind of gotten popular, but then it's like that Axie infinity. It's, it's kind of got several people. It's got several hundred people playing it, several hundred buyers, several hundred sellers. It's nowhere close to like Top Shot, which has got, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of buyers, sellers and everything. But it could be the, you know, it's like you get in early. And the other thing, too, in that is you could buy land. And that's the other thing. Oh, oh, OK. So we can just keep going down rabbit holes. But um, check out this. Let me see if I can uh, share it again. This is something I discovered the other day. Where it's called Earth Two. Yes, I was going to bring that up. I and you can hold up right here. And you can actually buy tracts of land on a digital version of the entire Earth. And it's like, like right now, as you can see up there, and apparently everything is escalated because the other day when I was looking, the U.S. was like twenty or something dollars per square, and everything else was like six or seven. And now I'm looking, and it's like. The northern Northern Mariana Islands are twenty five dollars, and Italy's sixteen dollars, and you know, and every so apparently since that article went out, everybody's buying land here on Earth too. Yes, uh, which is interesting, right? Because you can't buy land in Earth One anymore. <laughs> no, I mean you can, um, but like, there's no new land to be discovered, right? Um, That's the one thing they're not making more of. Yes. So the fact that you have this, uh, you know, digital asset replication of an actual Earth, I think, is really interesting. Um, you you buy land, but it's also like Monopoly, right? Can't you you like build property on it and stuff too? I don't know. Yeah, I just read something about it, and I kind of looked. I think I don't know what works, but as you can see here in this image, which I mean, it's it, it's not just bare land. If you look, and if you're listening to this, you can't see it. Uh, the example it's showing right now is it's like all the buildings and everything's there. So you're buying the land and I guess the buildings that's on the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Central Park and all that other stuff. I, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to dive into this, but I thought this was like fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is interesting. Um, cause then, so see, this is a prime example of tying a, a digital and a physical good. Um, now, granted, some of the price differentiation is going to be as new people get on Earth too, um, but also you can you you're basically trading the price of your land based on actual uh, value increase in the real world on on that parcel of land. Yep. And then here's another one that I've seen that's been real popular is the sandbox, and you can actually buy land in this, and it's been escalating quickly. Interesting. This one I had not heard of. So oh, I love uh, it. My kids would love this. This is like uh, it looks kind of like Minecraft or Roblox. Yeah, Roblox. My kid plays Roblox. So uh, and that, that you know, that's kind of like a crypto too, right? I don't you know, know if the, it's crypto based or not, but this is. Well, I, so I, I here's the thing. No I can't. Ledger. 
I can't see other games not going to crypto that are like the sandbox here, like, like Roblox. Um, a game that I've been, um, kind of helped funding and been into, um, um, for a while and now I can't. Oh yeah. Star Citizen. So it yep. is not crypto based, but I actually own ships in this. Hmm. That I've bought that they should turn into NFTs. So Star Citizen is uh just basically a like Eve Online, a large it's a space similar, it's by um Chris uh Roberts, who did the Wing Commander series and yep. Freelancer and everything like that. And it's a totally open world. You know, I see Ronnie and um Aaron and Nick like playing in uh what is it they play every night? Division two. Yeah, Division 2. Well, just imagine if you just had an open world where it's like that, but you can fly around from planet to planet, hop out with your crew, you know, guns blasting and doing with just whatever you want. It's just totally free open play against yeah. other PvP or anything like that. So yeah. um I know they – but it's – I don't know. The problem is, I guess, is they've been in development for – Freaking, I don't know how many years now. And it's like, when are we just, you can get in and you can like play now. Um, there's a couple of worlds they've got open and you can play in the dog fights and PVP and some stuff like that, but it's still not quite as open like as Eve online and everything. Yep. But, it, but it's getting there. But this is something, God, this is where I need to win the lottery and to spend my days doing this. <laughs> Which one's the one, uh, I think it might be Eve Online that had the, the Galactic Civil War for like 10 years. Oh, I can't remember if that was it. See, Eve Online, I thought about getting into, but it just seems so complicated. And again, that's one where, cause I was reading an article about that where somehow you can get scrolls or not scrolls, but you can get plans and you combine them. And there was this one guy who had built up years of that and it was like worth like millions of like in-game dollars. Mm. And he was trying to get him to some place and he got ambushed or whatever. But, um, but again, that was something where an NFT, I think would just be perfect for that. And I think an NFT would be perfect for these games like this because like, um, you know, I'm sitting here doing ships, you know, and this is what you basically, you, they come out with concept ships and you can buy these ships so that you can eventually use in game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I've bought some ships, but there's nothing that makes them you unique or, technically mine right yeah, yeah, yeah whereas if it was an nft and you can gift them and i don't really think you could sell them but this is in, in maybe eventually in the game you're going to have an economy and everything like that but right now they could sit here and they could put these turn these ships into nfts and then people could be selling and trading them and that's the other part we didn't talk about an nft that allows for people is like an nft usually when somebody like an artist or somebody makes a piece of art and they sell it they get that one-time fee, but you can set up an NFT that every time it sells, the original creator gets a percentage. Mm, yeah. So, you know, like, um, and this is perfect. Like the article you sent out the other day about Mike Diodato. Yep. About digital, like digital artists can't sell original art, and this kind of allows them to do it. But it yep. also allows them every time that piece of art sells, they get 
2% or 3% or whatever it is because exactly because you got to remember it's like some of that art that you know these artists comic artists sold back I don't know 20 years ago even 10 years ago they you know they might get $100 or $200 for it and now it'll sell for 10 grand 20 grand 30 grand and they don't yep. see any of that yeah i uh i, I was thinking about that cuz uh, who was it eric larson posted like some cover or something he did that just sold for like 40 grand um, and, and I was thinking about just digital only guys, right? Um, well, I mean, I'll take an example, like Ryan Wynn, right? Ryan's listening right now. Awesome dude, fantastic artist, uh, done mostly inking, but he does a lot of digital stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, somebody like Clayton Crane, right? That does the digital stuff. How yeah. could you ever buy that? Right. You can't buy that. What, what, what are they going to sell at a con comic books? Okay. That's cool. But what if uh, what if you go to the con and you have your wallet and uh, you start selling NFTs at the con, right? For people that get it, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's an interesting source of revenue. Now there's there's obviously some stipulations if you're selling stuff for uh, characters that are owned by somebody else, right? So so DC put out a bunch of rules. The DC thing really pissed me off. Uh, they put out a bunch of rules about NFTs. Um, Saying that the you know artists can't sell NFTs of, of characters owned by DC, well, why is that? Because DC is selling their own NFTs, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, this this goes back to the conversation that we had in in 1990 that led to Image Comics. Yeah. Um, so I mean, why is that? Right? Who gives a shit? Uh, why not instead of br- blocking it out completely, you have some revenue sharing model, right? Mm-hmm. You make an NFT. And the characters owned by Batman or by DC, cool. Uh, so um, you know, I'll make my NFT, and then I get say ten percent every time it, it gets sold, and then DC gets uh, you know do the Apple model; they get thirty percent of the sale. Mm-hmm. Okay, why can't yeah. you do that? What's wrong with that? There's, I mean, what's the difference between original art? Everything's going digital. How many? I mean, how many artists now are doing digital? It's so much easier for them; they can sit there. Um, and send it back and forth very easily as opposed to pages where they got to fax them or I don't know, send them. It just, it just makes sense. So, and, you know, and as you can see, I've, I'm sharing a screen again. So this isn't quite the one I was looking at, but it's kind of similar. So this is called cryptoslam.io and mm-hmm. it kind of gives like all the different NFT collectibles out there and sales and everything. Um, like in 24 hours, the past seven days and all time. So I don't like 24 hours. Like look at seven days and you can see NBA top shots, the, the, you know, the, the king of the crown there, like $22 million in sales over the past seven days. And then you got crypto punks. So have you heard of crypto punks? Yep. They only made 10,000 of those. So, um, and that was about three years ago and they were given away for free. Yeah. <laughs> all you had to do was get on there and claim one of them. Yep. And, uh, crypto punks are now selling for about a, uh, some of them $150,000 each. If you got one of the five aliens, they're probably about seven point, they're, they're several million dollars. Yep. And then there's this so rare, which I can't figure out. And then there's Axie Infinity. See what I'm saying? It's number four. Yep. And there's only uh, one. Th- so you look at Top Shot where it's only 34,000 buyers. And then crypto punks, there's only so many. So there's only 101. And then you got so rare, which is doing soccer. Axie Infinity is like one, well, 1,361. So I really want to look into getting into that. Can then, you, uh, 
can you search for a particular NFT asset on here? I don't know if you Yeah, you can. Looks like it. Okay. Search for Decentraland. Well, this is a player, team, owner name, or wallet address. So I think that's looking uh, no, for separate individuals. All right, cl- close that out on that list. See if it'll let you sort product like alphabetically. No, it will not. Ah, uh, that's stupid. Can you but, just do uh, like a control F and type in Decentraland? I'd be curious if it's on there. Uh, cause that's, uh, that's one of the cryptos I started investing in. And I think it's fascinating. Central. No, it's not on there. Uh, type in mana, M-A-N-A. Nope. Okay. It doesn't look like there. it. Actually, it's going uh, down there, but, but just look at all the NFTs that are exploding out there. What's this God? I think I remember reading about this Godzilla one. Godzilla NFT. Hmm. So, uh, what's nice is you can go into this, you can see all that, but then you got, here's the live, like this one sold whatever wax is for, you know, 94 cents, like just now. And then you can see what the top, the top sales are and what was just minted and what was just put on the market. So these look like Godzilla cards of some sort. Yeah, yeah. But it's just exploding out there, NFTs. And I think there's a lot of opportunity out there, but I also think there's a lot of opportunities to get taken advantage of. So here's the gods unchained. There's only like been eight buyers. Mm-hmm. So, um, Street Fighter. I don't, I don't know what that is, but I've heard stuff about that. There's Crypto Kitty. Kids. Yep. <laughs> um, That's awesome. F1 Delta time. I've heard some stuff about. You know. Um, oh, oh. I mean, there's Leonard Nimoy, which just got me thinking. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a William Shatner. I mean, everybody's getting into this NFT where you can actually buy, uh, man, this is just an article on it. Where's the actual, it's some crazy stuff. Here it is. Buy and collect William Shatner trading cards, but it's like, and some of the stuff he's like signed or done stuff to. That's hilarious. I love that. All right. And you see how it's numbered like 20 out of yeah, 50. Yeah. One out. Yep. But but honestly, and, and as you can see on these cards now, that's the other nice thing about digital stuff. See, I can grab it. I can move it around. Um, like right here, the one of him and Leonard Nimoy, there's actually motion in the card. Yep. Here's he's putting his signature is appearing on it. Yeah. I love this. You know what we should do? We should launch an NFT. Ooh. A, we a should Dirty Legion launch- NFT. We should uh, – should we talk about this publicly? We should launch an NFT platform for digital artists. Comic yep. book digital artists. Let me yep. let me specify. Yep. And so – and and I guess we're seg- – you know, we're seguing on all over the place. So, Let's segu it. Okay. So because we're all free flow. I don't have to work tomorrow. I'm on my like third glass of bourbon. <laughs> so So – you know, I talked about earlier about like how do you physic what do you physically do with a digital asset? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I actually so I know how y'all are always talking about like kickstarters and y'all are always yeah. doing comic kickstarters. I don't do yep. comic kickstarters. I do technology hardware click kickstarters. Interesting. So here is the here is one here is oh, man. Uh, here is the Kickstarter that I'm actually getting delivered later this month that I 
did last year. In his looking glass. Oh, sweet. So that's not actually the best. So that's a video. That is this sweet. Is, this is what you do with digital assets. Yep. See, I was going to say just uh, you know, buy a, like a cheap Fire tablet or whatever for thirty bucks, but this is way nicer. Yeah, that's nice. What, what what did you pay for this? If you don't mind me asking. I think the Kickstarter was one ninety nine each. That's not bad, actually. Retail, no, retail when this is first coming out, it's going to be three ninety nine. Wait a second. I've seen this company. I saw their demo before their Kickstarter. Because they used to have a, a, it was a giant one. It was mm-hmm. like they did, they did a holiday. It was a desk. It was no, no, it was a table. It was a table. Yep. 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 Ah, that is so sweet, dude. And it's hooked up to the Unity engine. That is really sweet. Yeah, and, see, I would pay 200 bucks to display one like that. All right. So, um, yeah. So I actually, oh no, the early bird, that's at, at 249 now for the early bird. So, that, I mean, there's how it's got a Raspberry Pi 4 in it. That's what runs it. Mm. Um, that, that might be the, the, the 8K. I don't know if that's what you're, the workstation. I don't know. But yeah, they did a table at first. But yes, I did this Kickstarter. And so I have actually four of these showing up at the end of uh, sometime at the end of the month. So, question: How would you display NFT on here? Because the idea that I had was you just get a cheap tablet, you put your wallet on it, and then you just open the wallet to the NFT. Uh, would you just be like taking a screenshot of your NFT and like using this basically just like a digital picture frame? Mm. It's- I don't know, but here is the here is an actual NFT they did on it. Interesting. There's an act they actually have done. Um... Ah, love the music. See, that's the NFT. Yeah, that's sweet. That's sweet. See, so See. now what I want is this exact thing, but to somehow be able to connect it to a wallet, so it'll just pull up the NFT from it. And I think that's the next step. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's all it's in its, in its infancy right now. I think that's what's so exciting about it. Yeah. But I mean, but again, but, but and, I, and I guess we've kind of come to this like, you know, what you're seeing on the screen now, if anybody can't see it. So it's got a looking glass here. It's got, you had the music, you heard that, but then it's got an image. I don't know. How would you describe that image? <laughs> uh, some dude having a good time in front of a bunch of TVs. Yeah. But that's what you yeah. can. I mean, but but this is a natural progression of art. Yeah, right, right, right. And we're entering a digital age, and you know, for VR or AR, you know, it's it's it, you can't have a free for all out there. And the only way you're gonna, you know, there's gonna be ownership out there. Yep. And NFTs is how it's gonna happen. Well, and to go back to address Aaron's question about the value dropping on NFTs. Well, yeah, that's because everyone wants in now. But when the market settles and you have people that are really innovating on this kind of thing, uh, then the market value is going to go up on, on all these items. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, so 
you know, for this example right here, you've got an NFT that's not static, it's video. There's music. Now imagine if, I don't know, if you're an owner of the NFT, you can change the music. Maybe you've got a selection of music or, um, again, we talk about maybe you make it brighter. You, you, maybe you can add your own touches to it. Mm. And then it's like, um, you know, ever evolving art. And the next owner does something to it. And the next owner does something to it. And the next owner does something to it. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. We, uh, yeah, I want this. Can, can I buy this looking glass yet? Yeah, I think you can. Sweet. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you can buy it from the Kickstarter, but I think you can pre, you can pre-order it now. Yeah, sweet. But the other thing too is if you notice, you notice right there, it's got the camera. You can also, um, apparently hook up to your phone and you can do holographic phone calls. <laughs> and well, and so if you do a, and if you do a certain phone call with somebody famous, you can turn that into an NFT. Let, let me tell you why why I like this because uh, you and I had a great time looking at original art at C two E two. Now, granted, some of these NFTs do go for a high sum of money, but let's say some of the stuff that I bought, they did like you know a hundred NFTs, and I could buy that. At a fraction of the cost, right? That that an original piece would cost, mm-hmm. uh, and I can display it. How much cooler would it be to have this like animated comic cover floating on my wall, uh, as opposed to all these black and white pages that I have? Yeah. What if what if you had it? What if you had the original art, but the NFT was the time sequence of it being inked? Oh my god! Or the time sequence of it being drawn? See. You give me a heart on again. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, just just imagine if you had an NFT of OA of Jack Kirby drawing something. The ten mm-hmm. minutes it sped up of him drawing like some iconic page, right? You, you don't see him drawing it, but you just, you've got the blank page and you just you just see the art coming onto it. Right, right, right. Or the coloring, or, yeah. or 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 maybe it's the writer. I keep going back to Colin Bond. What if you've seen you're seeing the words appear as he's typing them in? Yep. Backspacing back because he wants to change it and come. I mean, that's what NFTs give you. I See, think that that is worth it to me because one thing that I've always wanted to buy um, is original comic book scripts, and for some reason. Uh, only one person was willing to sell me an original comic book script. Really? I'm serious. Why can't I go to a convention and buy a comic book script? Why can't I buy an NFT of a comic book script? So, but. So back in the day, they would have typed it out. I guess that got digital sooner rather than later with word processors. Yep. See, so it, it makes it easier as an NFT. But I'm saying even if I wanted to buy a physical one, I can't buy one. Hmm, I bought one uh, last year when they had that uh, – like all the comic creators were doing some fundraising stuff. Or maybe it was two years ago. Uh, I can't remember what it was for. Um, and so everyone was like auctioning off 
uh, original pieces and stickers and whatever. And mm-hmm. one guy was auctioning off a script. One guy. One guy. So I bought it and it was cheap. There you go. Um, but, but that's, but the, I want but, more, but that's the stuff I think you can get out of NFTs. You can actually get some of the creative process. Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, so, and, and, and I mean, it's kind of awesome when you go to a con and you go up to the artist alley and you get like, you know, the quick sketch mm-hmm. and most of the fun in getting the quick sketch is sitting there watching them do it. You know, I like having right. the sketch, but the actual, so that's why I'm thinking you could do it, you know, the NFT of the art just appearing as they sketch it out digitally. Yep. Or scanning it. So that's, it that's my, me. that's my contribution to the next, next thing for comics. So we're giving away all our good ideas tonight. We are giving them away for free. For free. We'll take some Ethereum uh, in, in, in compensation. I, uh, you know, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to create an NFT. I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to mint one and just own it myself. So there goes the cost. You know, have you seen how much it costs to like to, oh, so I know I was talking about this and, um, so I've, I've talked to some other people that are doing it and a lot of them are like doing, so there's one guy in one of my groups, one of my comic groups that is an artist down in Florida and he actually minted his first NFTs when we were first talking about this, uh, about a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And he's experimenting with it and he actually sold one of them. Hmm. So, but you know, one of the places you can do that right now is like open sea here. Yep. Um, and I think this is actually where Matt Kent has had his NFT. I'm st- and I'm I'm really starting to like regret not getting that. I am, you know. Actually, let's see if it's sold. <laughs> so there it is. No, two point six eight ETH. So, but again, I can sit here. You know, I can I can sit here. I can look at the trading history. Um, yeah, you can see there where we were bidding on it. Oh, and it shows up like you. Um, so 2.68 and you could actually, I can make an offer right now for it. Um, so no, it's still with the original owner named Spanksy, which owns nothing else. That's the other thing too. So like if you, um, like this Spanksy, you can actually click on somebody on here and you can see everything they own in the art. So, Ooh, there's the full comic. Can I actually read the full comic? I think I could zoom in and read the full comic. See, this is where I'm getting into what's what's the what's the point in owning it now if anybody can go and read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um what what is the cost of minting an NFT? I mean, you're paying the gas fee, right? Is there anything I think it ended up I think at the time it was like 50 to 70 dollars. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah, but, that's not bad. Again, I, I'm, I just linked my wallet to OpenSea. It was super easy. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a test. I'm gonna you create can, an you, NFT. You know, you can actually buy domain names as NFT. <laughs> domain <laughs> names are the domain names are NFTs. Oh my god! I didn't know that. I yeah. need to do that. There's trading cards. Um, God's Unchained. Actually, let's take a look at it. here's some God's Unchained cards, like a rare chest. Point one ETH, so that's a two hundred dollar card. Can't get that on a Hearthstone, probably. No. But this is actually, I think, where Beeple is. He's on here on OpenSea. 
Yep, there's your yes. people. Yep, he sure is. And he actually, they do some drops. He they'll do like they'll give you 15 minutes notice, and you get on there and you put your name in, and they'll give out 15 of 15 of them in a raffle. So they'll do drops. If you get the raffle, you can immediately sell it for about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Dang. And here's what you know. Why I'm kicking myself. Somebody six months ago was asking me about Beeple, so I was looking at Beeple six months ago before it all blew up. <laughs> yep, I should have gotten in there. I know. There. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, here's the crypto punk. Oh no, crypto punks. Uh, yeah, there's the crypto punks. So there's one that sold for sixteen point eight ether, and everybody noted mine. Ether's about two grand right now. Yep. Here's one that sold for thirty five. And and so I'm looking at we're looking at CryptoPunks right now. So what happened in 2017? There was this lab. They made ten thousand CryptoPunks, and basically they did an algorithm where they took like six or seven traits and just mixed them up into ten thousand combinations. And they just put it on there. And it's like if you came on and, cl- and wanted one, you just claimed one, mm-hmm. right? And there's like five aliens, one gorilla, and one zombie. And the rest are just these combinations of people. And the gorilla, the zombie, and the five aliens are just go for like a millions of dollars now. And the rest of these are, are crypto punks, which if I'm sharing my screen here, then gets me, I'm going to switch to tweet deck because I recently started following an individual. Um, how do I search on this? I'm still trying to figure out tweet deck. So, so Danny, um, uh, so here's an individual. He actually bought a crypto. I read an article on him recently. He very early bought into Bitcoin, then switched over to Ethereum, then bought early crypto punks and everything. So um this guy somehow figures out stuff early. So I started following him just to kind of see what he's talking about and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very... A very interesting article. I'm trying to think um, where I read it at. But this, you know, he was in college and he threw $4,000 into Bitcoin. And now he's taken that and put it in Ethereum and then put it into other NFTs and stuff. And he's just uh, just blown up his, uh, his net worth. Oh, here it is. There's the article. So meet a guy who made millions of Bitcoin, <laughs> and millions more on NFTs in uh the hustle. Daniel Maygard, thirty. Uh, and of course he's Australian too. It's it's a very interesting read because he's kinda like and here's what here's why I'm wanting to follow him. Because right now it's it's the NFTs for the art, and I'm wanting to see who he talks about for art. Hmm. All right, because like here he's um you know so like here's some here's an NFT I don't know what that is and I, I don't know how to describe it to any listeners. Yeah, that's cool though. Right. Um. So basically, like like the like so he asked a uh where was it up here? This is a uh, he asked everybody, hey, what's the art you're following or what's the art? And it's like it's what's nice 
um, to see what people are saying. Oh yeah, here it is. If you were only the, if you were to only buy one high profile NFT, which artist, celebrity, or brand would it be? This is questions like this is the only reason I started following him to kind of see um, what what p- other people are saying and what artists are talking about. Because who do you know who's going to be the next crypto punk or who's going to be the next people until it's right. too late, right? So here, oh, these are cra- the the thick Pokemon cards. Have you seen those? <laughs> no. <laughs> so all the Pokemon, all the Pokemon cards, all drawn like all digital, all thick, <laughs> right? And apparently those are very popular and going for a lot of money. What's the one that I just saw? It was like uh, characters without heads. Um, oh it's like, yeah, and yeah, it's like if Pokemon were masks. Mm-hmm. Like furry furry outfits that the other characters wore. Yeah, uh, those were cool. So like, uh, you know, here's somebody recommending Samar on OpenSea. Uh, here's one doing Gummy Thoughts. I don't know what that is, but this I, I guess this is how I'm going to try to con- con- like educate myself on NFTs, right? Um. So I'm just following him to kind of see what him and the others are talking about. Um, I mean, here's one. I don't know what that is. It's, uh, it's, it's 120 ETH. So it's $232,000, uh, whatever this is. I don't know what it is. It looks like some cards, maybe. I don't know. It's art. Yeah. See, so I, I wouldn't purchase these, but if these were, like you said, somebody, inking something or coloring something or original pages or, you know, things like that, then I'd be down for, you know, here's, I mean, here's when they're talking about a rareable, this is on rareable, which I guess is another site, the Pablo Pikachu, (laughs) which I guess you got to think about it. So it's like, who's the tech ones now? It's like the millennials and everything. And I guess their big thing was Pokemon. So you're seeing a lot of like Pokemon stuff. Yep. Um, but I just think there's a lot of opportunity for in the comic book, you know, like, like I was talking about the artist. It's like the NFT is them actually creating, not the final piece, but the act of creating the final piece. Whether it's writing, or you know, drawing, inking, coloring. Imagine that you had a three-part NFT: an NFT for the drawing, an NFT of the inking, and an NFT of the coloring. Yep. Yep, I like it. So uh let's uh let's begin wrapping up. Yeah, wanted, it's getting late. Let's uh, uh give give me like five no, not five, that's too many. What what are a couple of coins that you're looking at? Just to, to step away from NFTs a little bit, I guess. Well, I uh, think a couple you of coins that you think have a, a huge potential right now. I think you ought to base everything on Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. don't base it on US dollars. Anything yep. you're looking at, base it on Bitcoin basis. But I'm big on ETH right now because I think they're going to be burning ETH. Yep. I like Algorand because it has a 7.5% interest rate. So I've bought some of that. Good. Yep. Yep. And it's just adding at 7.5%. You told me about Cosmic. So I'm looking at Cosmic because it's a 5%. 5%. Yeah. Cosmos. I can't remember. Or Cosmo. That's it. 
Yeah, Cosmos. Uh, their token is called uh, Adam. Yep. Um, I've heard good things about Rook, but I haven't looked into it yet. And I've my my old school my old play back when I bought some Ethereum. After that, I bought some Stellar Lumens. I love Stellar Lumens, and they're so cheap right now. I know, and I used to have XRP, but then I started getting concerned because they got called up in front of the SEC. Yep. On I don't. It wasn't fraud, but um. So there's this big discussion with cryptocurrencies whether they're a security or not. Yep. And it all depends on how they've got stuff structured. And Ripple kind of is set up as a security, and so the SEC might regulate them. So I actually moved all my Ripple I had and bought stellar more stellar lumens with it. Yep. Now I've I've also been hearing that any so stellar lumens and Ripple and all that was back in the pump. I'm not going to nah, pump's the wrong word in the spike in cryptocurrencies back in 2017. And that was right around the ICO standpoint and uh, ICOs is initial coin offerings for people. And that's where these companies would sit there and say, Hey, we got this great project and we're going to put these coins out. And if you buy these coins, you buy into the project. And they were just basically pumping them up for financing. So they'd have this project white yep. paper. They would do an ICO, make their money on the ICO and then fold the company into, you know, and then it became a, a crap coin, which is the polite way of saying it. it became a shit coin as they call it. Yeah. Um, and so they're saying, and everything now that's going up are DeFi coins and everybody's saying, Oh, the coins from like three or four years ago, they're not going to do anything because they don't, they're not as modern as the new coins, but I still like stellar lumens. Yep. Um, and I haven't dove enough into the DeFi stuff now to kind of know what the, the hot and upcoming coins are. I, I keep hearing about, um, Ave, is that it? Yep. Ave, Ave uh, it's not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap it now. It. it was cheap, but it's not cheap now. Yep. Yeah, Ave is interesting. So there, there's. Uh, let me give you in 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 order from like easiest to get into right now to maybe less so. Um, I I already mentioned the Central Land. Their coin is Mana. Uh, mm-hmm. this is it, it's kind of like the Earth Two thing. They have this whole like VR game marketplace thing going on. Um, and, and VR is not very big right now. Um, but as, as more companies jump, but look, when, when Apple makes their, the AR headset next year, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's going to be in on this, right? Um, will they use the mana token? I don't know, but you can get in on these tokens for like less than a buck a piece. Uh, there's a strong buy signal on it right now. So, you know, don't look at it today. Okay, when you look at these things, you got a trend like year, five year trend. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, you know everything's down today. But if you look at the trend, it's got really good potential. It just went on the upswing pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I've got some mana coin from from Decentraland. I think there's a lot of potential on there for for growth. Um, one that I really like is uh, Curve, which I mentioned. Uh, Curve is like basically tied to stable coins. Um, so it makes it easier to do like instant transactions via uh, mobile payments. Um, and, and that coin is pretty cheap and it's got really, really good upside potential on it as well. Right. And just uh, to mention, this is none of this is financial advice. Take oh yeah. We, should, we have take, to mention that. Yeah. Take, take the, lose your money. However you want to lose the money. Yes. But this is not financial advice. Neither Dennis nor I nor anyone associated with us are financial advisors. 
so so that one. Uh, Cosmos, you already brought up. Uh, again, this it, this coin's a little more expensive, but uh, it's got really good potential, and the interest is pretty nice on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm liking what? the interest coins, which is totally yeah, new to me in the past year, because it's better than anything else out there. And it's like, you know, I've got my 401k and I throw my stocks and stuff. And there's some like, you know, you're lucky to get like five or 6% on, on some of the stocks and anything. You're not going to get that in any savings account or bank accounts. So some of these coins that are offering 5%, 7.5%. Now that percentage is based on the coin itself. So that can still go up or down on the value of the coin. Mm -hmm. And obviously with the higher interest rate, it's a higher risk. So, mm-hmm. um, so I like those. Uh, I'm like super, super, super bullish on USDC. Um, but it's a but it's a stable coin. It, it yes, it's a stable coin. However, it earns interest. Granted, it's only 015 percent. Uh, but that's what 10x what you get in a savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, so you earn interest on it. It's tied to the dollar. So you buy it and it's worth exactly what you paid for it plus your interest. Uh, and then you can easily convert it. Now, the reason I'm really bullish on it is because, um, it's one of the, the big assets on Coinbase. And when Coinbase IPOs this year, oh yeah, uh, USDC is going to be worth having. Um, Aren't they going to – I think their valuation is like $35 billion. Yes. So Coinbase is valued as the 12th largest bank in the country. Okay? Yes. So uh, get USDC, uh, especially when they IPO and then when their debit card comes out, and you can easily convert between your uh, crypto and your USDC into dollars. Uh, it's totally worth it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I will mention another one that I didn't think of, but Flow. So I have looked at Flow in the past. I'm not sure about it yet. Yeah, but do you know what Flow is? And uh, and, yeah. and and for none of the viewers out there who's listening, I'm actually running stuff here now on Coin Market Cap, which has yeah. all the. So Flow is the coin put by Dapper Labs, which is doing NBA Top Shot. Right. And who will be doing here in the immediate future UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already secured up the website, go to domain names and some other stuff for the NFL. Yep. And the NHL. Yep. Um, so flow is their specific, um, coin for, cause they were doing it the first things on Ethereum and it was too slow and they broke it. The yep. crypto kitties. And so this is theirs. And, um, I'm really thinking I needed to buy some flow because if they continue on with what they've done with the hot shot, uh, top shot stuff, then, um, I, I think that coin's going to go up and, um, I'm trying to think here. So I'm like doing, uh, oh yeah. Cheese wizards. I forgot about cheese wizards. I actually signed up for that too from the (laughs) dapper labs, but, um, I'm trying to think. They've got um actually let me see. So the reason I'm high on flow um is because if you look at who and Dapper Labs is a um Canadian company. They crap, I'm trying to find it, but uh they have a list of who all the uh 
the company or the organizations they've um, they're working with, and it's um, it's quite a few, like Disney. Um, I think it was. Nah, 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 I'm just doing it from memory, so I'm not going to commit to that. Um, but like Warner Brothers, so they're you know, so if Warner Brothers are going to do something with music, now I'm trying to figure out how you do flow and NFTs with music. So there's already a music NFT. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band, uh, but they they released the whole album, and then you get extra perks. Oh, uh, Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon, yes. You have like digital well, there was, perks. There was one of perks at their concerts too. There was one of them. If you bought it, you got front row seats to every concert. That's for the live. Kings of Leon one. Yeah, that's it. So uh, there, there's some good possibility there. Uh, the the last one that I'm surprised hasn't come up is Cardano. Uh, you brought it up to me the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very small stake. I bought a shit ton more <laughs> between the last time we talked and now. Yeah, but, I got to get some more in Cardano. Yeah, Cardano has humongous potential. Um, they just uh, – now granted, this is like – you know, a third world country. Um, but apparently Ethiopia is tying their currency to Cardano now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was, that news came out today um, and a couple other things. So there's, there's some really good growth potential. And I think the the settlement time on Cardano is, is damn good. Um, especially, dude, like that's something that nobody talks about. Uh, everyone thinks like, you know, you pay for something and money's instant. I mean, maybe like if you buy your groceries or whatever, but what if you have to transfer like, you know, 10 grand from savings to, you know, some other account to an investment account? Uh, you know, the settlement times like three, four days. You well, buy something on a credit card, the settlement times like 60 to 90 days. Well, I mean, that's where I first ran into Bitcoin because, um, back in 2010 or 2011, I was participating in, um, Startup weekends, which I find mm-hmm. very fun. I, I didn't have any ideas. I just went to go participate. And the team I ended up on was a guy trying to promote Bitcoin. And the way we demonstrated it was, um, in 2010 was like, we instantly transferred like, uh, so much money to this guy in India and he transferred yeah. it back. And it instant. was like instant. Yeah, that- there was no wire transfers. There was no waiting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I think it, the settlement time's a little longer now. It's like thirty minutes, but I yeah. mean that's still instant compared to like real money. Quote yeah, exactly. And I mean, and this was when it was like five bucks. I'm still kicking myself about that. Look, I could have bought Bitcoin at a dollar. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. Uh, my dumbass <sighs> is like, yeah, this is stupid. You so, could have mined it for cheaper than that, probably. Probably, probably. So uh, anyway, so I guess that's our cryptocurrency. So just here, here's what I. Risk I had time to do because all these cryptocurrencies have white papers about what the company does, what the coin does and everything. And it's just like anything else. You need to go in and you need to find out what the company's doing, what the coin's supposed to promote, what's their philosophy. And if it makes sense to you, then invest in that. Yep. Because some of them you look at, they're just money schemes. There's just somebody wanting to take your money. Yep. Yeah. You want to make sure there's an actual product in the background. Yeah. Now, uh, what, what's the one that does the the smart contracts? Oh, gee. I know oh, Ether. Cosmos, right? It's Cosmos. I know Ether is smart contracts. Look, everyone should buy ETH. 
Oh, wait, I can't say that. I'm not a financial advisor. Not a financial uh, advisor. I'm, but I'm buying more ETH. <laughs> my problem is I bought ETH so cheap, I just can't get my head around buying it at the price it's at now. But Yeah, I know. But again, it's like I was I bought some Bitcoin last year just because I was going to do something with it, and I forgot to do it. And now that's like quadruple. Uh, no, actually, I think I've 10X'd it. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, that's the thing. I guess it's like if you're wanting the – a hundred times something or, you know, you want to like go to the moon. It's like, you want to, you put a hundred dollars in and it's like a million dollars tomorrow. Eh, you know, it's like playing the penny stocks, but you know, if you want to, if you, I mean, there's an opportunity where you can put some money into a coin and you could double your money in a year, which is better than any of the other investments out there. But you get, you get sucked in by those people that says like, yeah, I put $500 into, into Bitcoin in 2013, and now I'm worth $5 million. Well, yeah, and that, that's few and far between, right? Uh, you, you I don't know. There's a lot of people that did that. Well, okay, <laughs> sure. But I mean, like, finding that next Bitcoin, right, to do that. Yeah, well, that's the problem. But, there, I don't think there is going to be. Some of the stuff that's the first person mover, and it's like the yeah. first ones to do it, they'll, nobody will ever repeat it. Yes. I mean, I do see ETH going quite high i mean maybe not bitcoin level um but but quite high i i've listened to some technical traders and they think it'll be five to eight grand by the end of the summer yeah but again that's not financial advice it could go to the crapper it could uh i also want to uh say that i do own dogecoin i love it uh now wait a second let me ask you this so if you have dogecoin do you get memes that nobody else can see (laughs) <laughs> they should make a, a Dogecoin owner NFT. Um, no, he, he, here's what I told my wife. Because um, she, was, she was playing with Robin Hood, right? And uh, she's like, oh, you should try it. And I'm like, eh, Robin Hood's stupid. Like, I don't want to do that. But I said, fuck it. I'll go in there. So I bought some, like, BS stocks. Uh, and I made some money on it. So I was like, eh, I, this is just not for me. Right? Like, my investment portfolio is most, mostly, like, EFTs. Right? So You didn't buy any GameStop? I did not. I did not. Uh, but m- most of my investments are, are for the long term, right? So they're they're low yield, but they're safer because mm-hmm. uh, I'm just trying to have money for retirement. Um, but I was on there and I was like, eh, I just I'm not into just buying individual stocks. I do still own some individual stocks, but not as many um, on a different platform. Uh, so I ended up I just I sold all my stock on Robinhood and I, everything that I had, I bought Dogecoin okay, at like five cents a coin. Um <laughs> Yeah, doesn't well, Elon that, doesn't Elon Musk pump Dogecoin? Yeah, he he does. And he Mark does. Cuban, he does. I always look forward to Saturday nights when uh, when Doge gets pumped. Uh, so I go on there, I wait till it hits like seven eight cents, I sell it. When it goes back down to five cents, I buy it all back. <laughs> uh, I've been doing this for like two months now, uh, at, at a very nice profit. Um, is but it ever going to be like, you know, to the moon, like everyone says, probably not, but here's the thing, dude, I, I own like a hundred bucks worth. Right. So it's like, I don't even know, three, 3000 coins. Um, it's not a big investment, but the way that I look at it is I can go like, you know, a new Hearthstone expansion just came out, right? It cost me 50 bucks. I can, I can spend 50 bucks on Hearthstone and have a good time. What about like a comic, right? I spend five bucks on a comic. I read it in 10 minutes. And then I probably don't read it again for years, right? The amount of enjoyment that I've gotten 
just watching Dogecoin memes is worth a thousand times the hundred bucks that I spent on investing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's my, worth it to me. Yeah, my whole problem with five dollar comics is I remember when I could buy them for like seventy five cents. Yeah, well, no more. But then Get I ready think for the every nine dollar comic. So. And then I and then I think, oh yeah, that was thirty years ago. Yeah. Well. <laughs> anyways. But I do love Doge. If you want, uh, don't expect to get a big return. I mean, maybe one day it'll go to a dollar and I'll be a millionaire. Um, but uh, don't expect a big return. But if you well, want to have a good time. I think wasn't Dogecoin. It was just meant to be a joke. Yeah, for sure. It was totally so like, meant to be a joke to make fun of like Bitcoin. But you can actually use it now. Like, you know, Mark Cuban, you had put it on the Maverick site. You can just like a coffee company that accepts it. Um, Slim Jim is doing like a Doge Slim Jim thing. Um, who else? There's there's some like restaurant chain that's gonna start like accepting Doge because uh, like they they get it on the memes because it's free marketing. You know what I mean? You talk about mm-hmm. Doge or like you're gonna accept Doge and you have tens of thousands of people on Twitter like pumping your tweet. True. Free marketing. True. So. Uh, it won't be ever worth anything, but uh, it's fun. And maybe one day it'll actually be usable. Yeah, but I don't know. NFTs and crypto, this is the future. Quit resisting it. And uh, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of opportunity there, and I'm just trying to find the opportunity. Me too. Me too. So Let's wrap it up. All right. So I don't know what we're going to call this. The best of the nerdy? Cryptocurrency NFTs. Crypto nerdies. So. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do this again in a month and see where we are. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, by then, I'll mint my own NFT so I can talk about that. That'll be the. I think that'll be the interesting part about like how the, the, the on the creator side of it and everything. Yeah. And then maybe Dewan can like have a free night and come in and and we can talk about our experience on uh, doing NFTs with Top Shot and everything. Like, I wish I could have shown some more about that because I think that could have gotten some details and everything. Because I actually sold some and it was interesting to go in to see like i sold it to a guy that then sold it and who then sold it and you can sit there and you can just i mean it's and it's it's real interesting and everything like that and you can and they've got the some of the metrics and some of the sites so you can actually see the benefit of having an open ledger where you can see everything happening and what that does for marketplaces and transparency love it so but anyway so you can reach me at Ut Inger, or U-T- I'm at Geekvine. And that's our NFT show. Yeah! More soon. Bye-bye!